It's those two assholes. <clears throat> those two idiots you saw me talking to at the third rail. Just he doesn't want to touch the third rail. That's you've hit the third rail for sure. That, that is the third rail. Saying white people have interest. Third rail. The third rail here is uh, another wonderful show on our on the uh, TRS network. And it's the third rail. You will be destroyed. It's the third rail. You will be destroyed. Watch out for the third rail, baby. That's high voltage. Like a hypersonic Chinese missile trying to liberate us from hell on earth, i.e. America, this is happening. This is episode 220 of the most huggable deja vu podcast on air since 1973, The Third Rail. We are coming at you live from the mobile Third Rail studio, this time from the John Deere strike, where the John Deere employees are writing their own Dear John. Howdy, I'm Borzoi, filling in for Spectre, who is in the doghouse right now. This is not a joke. That nigga messed up badly today. Again, not a joke. He told us in the chat what was happening. He was supposed to be on tonight, and he forgot some stuff. I was that like, nigga shouldn't have forgotten. This up? I mean, you know, whatever. It's fine. It's all good. But, uh, <laughs> we, we won't say what it was, but friendly banter. I mean, but yes, read between like, read between the lines, and you can kind of figure out, like, you can kind of at least get an idea of of how how badly he he messed up. Collapse. Coll- collapse. <laughs> 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 he's he's basically like the living embodiment of that drop of a. It was at that moment he knew he fucked up. Yeah, but uh, joining me on the mics. Whitest... Go ahead. I was just gonna say the whitest kid. You know, you're like, now you fucked up. Now you fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> but you have fucked up now. Which is one of his favorite bits, actually. Yeah. Uh, joining me on mics, he's increasingly optimistic man who insists things are getting based for the seventh time this year. It's Dharma King. I'm telling you, man, any day now. Any day now. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he'll, he's, he's uh, taking care of some stuff right now. He'll be on in a couple minutes. Uh, he's the Jane Goodall of the North American Blue Gums. He's Larry Ridgeway. He'll be on in a moment, though. Yeah, Larry. Larry's running a little, a little late. Um, yeah. So how we decided to start? How, yeah. How are we doing on uh, on this lovely evening? Doing okay. It's one of the the first uh, days that really felt like fall around here. Yeah, so I, I, like, I, exactly. Only- yeah, I was start. I was thinking. I was like, man, it's like actually fall now. Thank God. Yeah. I was, start, I was starting to get annoyed. I actually was getting annoyed because it was leaves were changing colors. It's like, but. Doesn't feel like fall. Like I see mm. this harvest stuff, but doesn't feel like fall. And really, like this, this is like this is going to make me more believe in climate change and, and all those gay green liberal stuff more than anything. It's like I want, <laughs> I want my chilly October. And if I, if I, I don't know, I don't care how many Chinese or Indian factories that need to be bombed until we get my my chilly fall back my chilly October yeah on, back, but. on which note like uh hank oslo uh who basically never misses ha- has a he's a refrain on on uh, the, the climate change business which is um that um when, whenever you hear a libtard say that I it's a quote-unquote uh existential threat right you know climate change is an existential threat to humanity to the planet our future on the planet is you know blah 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 it's like okay well you know, I mean, it's kind of a basic bitch talking point, but uh, the 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 thing is, mathematically, the carbon emissions don't come from you leaving the lights on for for two minutes or even all day. 
uh, it comes from China having factories. So if you if if you actually believe that quote unquote climate change, you know, carbon emissions are literally an existential threat to humanity, that's literally what you believe, then the you know optimal solution that actually solves the problem is to nuke China and or India back into the Stone Age. Um, that's like I mean, I'm not endorsing that. I'm saying if climate change is actually an existential threat in the way I, I, I'm just saying, it, I'm just saying in my Frostpunk campaign that I'm currently working <laughs> on right now. Yeah, right. Exactly. Did did you uh, <laughs> have you played Frostpunk? Did you listen to our uh, yeah? No, like, I. I, I I was so excited to get it, and then I realized it was a menu game with with consequences, and my anxiety and autism <laughs> seized up, and I couldn't play it. No, oh no! I I, I I can't do the I can't do I have these the games. Same man. reaction, like, honestly, I have the same reaction to a lot of stuff. For Frostpunk, it was it was engrossing enough in a different kind of way that like I can't do paradox games. We talked about this on the paradox. I just it 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 triggers that autism in that specific way and. And and it just I, I I really struggle. But Frostpunk is is I don't know it it grabbed my interest in my kind of narrative consciousness in if for lack of a better word in in a certain way and and um, yeah I just think it, it, it but no I, I hear I hear what you're saying and yes you you know these agonizing choices and and it does a good job of sort of forcing you in this oh whatever listen to our listen to our National Institute of Game Review. Uh, uh, episode on that, but but uh, yes, yeah. in my well, in, I, I mean, we yeah. we can talk about this on our on whenever we end up doing the Final Fantasy VI episode. But I'm I'm that guy who plays JRPGs and has to get every single bit of that of that chick of meat off of that chicken bone mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. point of like you're basically cleaning it. It's like well, this is <laughs> this is not enjoyable. This is not a good thing. I, that's just the kind of person I'm in. So having, no, to, I, having I to hear these you. tough I, I menu actually, decisions fills me with anxiety. I, I, I absolutely hear you. Well, and, and part of that is that it's designed to be replayed. I actually, um, on that note, now granted, it was it was in part, like it was as I was becoming, red, you know, quote unquote red pilled or whatever you want to call it, um, and I sort of was increasingly hating Bioware. I actually hundred percented. My one of my least favorite Bioware games, probably my single least favorite, which is a uh, the, what is it, Dragon Age Inquisition. I I did oh every single God. little bullshit. Oh my God. I, well, I was like, I couldn't even honestly, finish it. I didn't even finish it. No, it's terrible. It's a horrible game. But my thing was like, I wanted to see. I, it was basically like it was it was a relationship of hate between Bioware and me. I was like, okay, how bad are you, Bioware, as a designer? You put all this shit in here. Do you actually want people to do this or not? Like, how miserable is the experience going to be for me to do actually everything that you've nominally put in this game? And it was so miserable that I was like, yeah, it, it basically cured me of any desire to ever play any Bioware game ever again. Like, it's just, I just don't, it's just completely gone. So I, it, I it, from that perspective, I think it was, it was worthwhile, but yes, it was, it's funny because probably by hours, you know, I, I played, I, I think I hundred percented uh, mass effect, but that was just because of the original mass effect. I loved it so much. And it was, it wasn't even really a chore. It was just like seeing all the different angles and all the different, um, you know uh, the 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 your your party members chat and stuff like that, and 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 seeing how the dialogue changed depending on d- different decisions you made and stuff like that. I didn't really I didn't really mind, um, but but then by the end hear, of, of Dragon Age Inquisition, I was like, no, fuck this. I hear a bunch of background noise, so I assume Larry's on. We talking uh, we talking video games here, Bioware, more yes, like yes. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 What's going on, everybody? It's good to have you on, Larry. We, we were just we, we, before we were talking about video because we were just talking about how it finally feels like fall at least where uh, where uh, Dharma King and I are at so and, and then we kind of just moved into video games from there but uh, let's talk, we can talk about some real stuff if you want 
Oh, I was just kidding, dude. I, I don't have any opinion on the video games. It, Bioware just rhymed with I don't care. And... No. <laughs> it was just a funny rhyme. <laughs> yeah, that was it. <laughs> that was... All right, well, we haven't we haven't done the table of contents, and don't worry if you got because I haven't been consistent on this anyway, so don't worry if you haven't thought this out. Uh, I will try to put some semblance of being a host into the show, however. Uh, so this week, my winner is Ireland, my loser is conservatives, and my topic is the tablet mag article save american democracy eliminate the voters oh <laughs> yeah get rid of the quiet part like, <laughs> very very well loud, he's like, doing it this writer's doing it in a sardonic way oh, but well, he's yeah, he's review he's reviewing a book that basically makes that argument sure sure um there you had you i remember you had a winner that or a loser that turned into a winner yeah, you helped me out there. You guided me along the path to, to switching up my winner and loser this week. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, I, the, my winner this week is uh, ended up being Chad the Jew Crusher Mansion, and the loser for the week is Bernie Sanders, <laughs> fucking the the Virgin Bernie Sanders. That might be and, a show Chad the Jew Crusher Mansion. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and then I mean the the article I had was just sort of like a, oh hey this happened this is like a you know like rage porn with like a really funny name in the article so like the topic is just I mean like just a real brief thing you know what I'm saying? I was just thinking like I'm trying I don't think it's quite safe for radio but I mean there's a joke there fill in the blanks I guess with like you know the tedious bit about how Joe Manchin is always shooting stuff with the with the Jew crusher bit <laughs> and I and, and Einstein but I, I'm not going to make the joke I'm just going to leave it impressionistically hanging out there. <laughs> Joe, I was born into the Einsatz group in Mansion. <laughs> Again, not saying anything, just you know throwing it out there. <laughs> One million at the barrel of a gun mansion. <laughs> so anyway, if, that, if that's it, go ahead. You go, DK. Yeah, uh, my loser is Daniel Craig. Uh, my winner is China, and I don't know. I have a, I have a bunch. I guess topics. You know, whatever. Let's do. Let's go back to collapse because I mean, there's. Yeah, whatever. We'll, we'll, let's see. But um, yeah. This well, is, I want to start with uh, Daniel Craig because I think that's a great opener right there, and I think Larry's in good form right now, so I think that's going to be a great way to open right there. <laughs> well, before we do that, I heard a, I heard a term this week, which you guys are probably not going to believe. It was the first time I heard it. I almost pissed myself at work. Doom spaghetti. What the? Fuck? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Yet. You heard this at work? Where did you hear this? No, 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 I in my Bluetooth headphone. Oh, oh, when Sven referred to it, you know, you get it's, yeah, the, it's no, the graph. But I was like, holy yeah. shit, it is like really yeah, it's like multicolor spaghetti. It's your garden yeah, variety. We call, we, yeah, we call it the Doom spaghetti. Oh <laughs> yeah, I was pissed myself. I heard that at work. I was like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Actually, I should probably just say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do this right now live on air, Larry. I'm, ad I'm adding you to the graph chat in, in three months. <laughs> I won't understand any of it, but perfect. It's it's going to be called the Rod Smack chat because we, we've been dunking on, ro on, on Rod Greer quite a bit. So The Rod Smack. The Rod Smack. It was, yeah. we, we call, it was it, for a while it was, um, what was it called? Uh, Brothers Against Corn, Guided by Allah. But that's uh, no. Rod Smack and Chat. And Minesweeper, now. Peace, peace be upon him. Who, yes. I, I guess that Rod Smack Chat is better than Rod Jack Chat. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ew. 
<laughs> primitive root jack. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that might be the show title. Primitive root jack. <laughs> in, in, in any case, so in dumb, any, but I love it. Sa- samurai primitive root jack. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> already off the, off the rails. That's all right. Um, but I mean, I don't know how. I mean, it's a shit post. But like the Daniel Craig thing feels like such a massive shit post. I don't even know how to like. So that's why. That's the, why. I want, that's why I wanted to open with it because there's. If we go into heavy topics, there's nowhere to pivot into that one. Right. So so apparently Daniel Craig has been married to Rachel Weiss for a decade. Is she Jewish? Do we know? I I mean, it's the name. Is Rachel like, Weiss. Yeah. yeah, Rachel. Rachel, That's, I don't know. Rachel I mean, this 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 feels like when Spectre <laughs> said they said uh, apparently the name uh, what was it? Um, Cantor. Like Cantor is that a Jewish name? <laughs> Bad. She used to be real, like. What is it with Jews? Like these Jewish women? Like they get you. They look like Sarah Michelle Geller looked so pretty at twenty, and now she looks they, like like a like a literal witch. Like look her up they now. Have, like, they have they have the same thing going on with the uh, with the Asian ladies. Uh, the term for for Koreans would be ajima. Like at, well, at some point, the the ajima, the auntie, just slams right into you around around some whatever age. Well, it's the same thing with Jewesses. They just like the yentis slams into them all at once. Crazy. Yeah, this is a picture of her on Wikipedia of of why uh, maybe here uh, uh, for the for the live audience. Um, Frank, you can and like wow, what a difference from from like yeah, ten fifteen years ago. Anyway, yeah, that's why they uh, get compared to Skeksis all the time. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know what a young Skeksy looked like, but <laughs> yeah, this chick is definitely Jewish. Holy fuck! Look. Well, yeah. Now it's funny yeah. because like in my mind's eye, it's like if I saw if I'd seen this picture, if I saw just this picture, I'd be like, oh yeah, obviously that's a Jewish woman. But like, you know, not having seen her since she yeah, she, play, she played Deborah Lipstadt in the movie about oh, the Irving cool. trial, and she I don't think I've seen her in anything since the Constant Gardener. So she's like, like a dollar store Natalie Portman. Yeah, and she, yeah, yeah, and she was also because I think my my things um, let me change my microphone on this right here because I'm. Notifications are coming through, but uh, she was also in a movie. I can't remember the name of it, but she played. She did this movie about like Hasidic Orthodox Jewesses in a graphic lesbian relationship. Uh, Ew, he's Jewish. That's how Jewish. <laughs> okay. <is>. All right. <laughs> Um, anyway, so yeah, so apparently she's been married to to Daniel Craig, uh, Mr. James Bond uh, of the current. You know James Bond series, and uh, it just came out. Which, which, like, I, I don't quite understand what's going on here. I guess maybe he's now. Oh my god, she's so Jewish. She dated Darren Aronofsky. That's how Jewish. Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, oh my gosh, the Requiem for a Dream guy and Pie. Yeah, and Pie. <laughs> yeah, which Pie is. I think were they talking about a tedious? How it's just yeah, this Jewish fever dream of, um, or maybe it was on Telegram somewhere. I don't remember. Anyway, um, yeah. So so Daniel Craig. Uh, is now, of course, like he this he just they just released the last James Bond movie that he's going to be affiliated with, um, and so I guess now it's safe to tell this story because like the news. So we I, there's a there's a Guardian article that that from like two days ago from from Thursday October fourteenth that um, references like something or I guess last month the uh, last month the viral TikTok post sparked a debate. Oh wait, no, this isn't even about Daniel Craig. Anyway. Basically, there was a photograph uh, of Daniel Craig and a, some man, Bruce Bozzi, who are old friends. 
they were photographed hugging outside a gay bar in Venice Beach. Uh, I don't remember any of this. This hasn't been any like kind of you know discussion, but it's basically like now he's getting quoted in the media talking about quote gay bars are just a good place to go. Everybody is chill. Everybody, you don't really have to sort of state your sexuality. It was okay, and it was a very safe place to be. And I could meet girls there because there are a lot of girls there for exactly the same reason I was there. It was kind of an ulterior motive. Like, yeah, so, hey, so what you're saying? I guess, that, I guess that explains how you end up married to a Jew. Yeah, right. Hey, I mean, it's like, do you know? Do you know why you yeah. don't have to tell people what your sexuality is there? Because you're at a <laughs> fucking gay bar. <laughs> like, Right. It's like it's 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 like, you know, it's just him and the guy are joking around and they're just having a little fun pretending to be gay in a gay bar just for pretend for fun because it's fun to pretend to be gay, kiss another dude. Also, yeah, that was the other thing in this article. He was saying how apparently (laughs) he's he's just he's just doing the the bro job copy pasta, basically. Basically, and it was his quote, he recently sent fans into a spin when he told Stephen Colbert that he kissed all of his leading men after the No Time to Die villain Rami Malik said they had once had a playful smooch after rehearsal. Quote, the thing is, it just breaks the ice. Unquote. A playful breaks. smooch after rehearsal? Off the clock? This guy's doing it for fun. <laughs> so it's, He's a homosexual. Yeah, so it's like you and the villain, you and like your, your, so it's like, I mean, I just don't even, like, no, straight people don't do this. I just, I don't, I don't know if like, anyone needs to hear that, but like, obviously this is not like a normal thing for a straight person were, to do. So. I guess David Craig is like a closeted homosexual, married to a Jew, well, like, well, it's, Sorry. I mean, like, it's a lot of it's also just like, it's just Hollywood. So you're just constantly sexually abused every, at every moment you're in there. But I, I mean, like, he mentions Rami Malik, and I remember a couple of years ago of like basically this, this clip of Rami Malik basically trying to be a person, like acting as though he's human type situation. Like, like, it's just the level of sociopathy that goes on in Hollywood. Like, it, it's, you can't really even, comprehend it like you once you're in regardless of that's of whether or not you're that's your nature once you go into that whole industry you become used to being a thing that's used and you see other people as things to be used that's what that whole industry does to you you're an actor there's a reason why actors weren't given christian burials and that should still be the case actors were below in ancient in ancient rome and in and and basically Elizabethan England. Well, in ancient Rome, actors were below prostitutes. In Elizabethan England, they were pretty much equal. Like, and the idea was if you go and see a someone at a show and you think they're attractive, you could just pay to have sex with them. Um, which so, was usually the case. Which right, well, yeah, I mean, they were just pretty much just prostitutes. Yes, in addition to so like and, you know, traveling performers are just the lowest of the low. I mean, I mean, I mean, and I've. I've I've made this point before, like I've made, I like before I was again quote red pilled, or as part of that process. But, but again, even even before, I was always sort of like, I mean, as, as soon as I, the more that I learned about uh, you know pre modern history, the, the 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 more insane it struck me that like if you think about it, being an an entertainer, a traveling performer, a, a paid whore essentially is these are the people that we elevate to the highest level of status in our society and some of that is you know this hyper reality thing of like oh well, we see the actor you know we don't, we don't necessarily see the director we don't necessarily see the writer um to say nothing of the producers and and, and the money men behind 
the enterprise but you know we see the actor and so we've developed this, this this parasocial relationship this feeling of 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 you know intimacy or whatever we feel like we know them and okay fine there there's that aspect to it but i i mean i would like to think or you know it doesn't even matter but the point is the the elevation of these people to like some kind of ethical or moral guide i mean it's just it's just disgusting and absurd and insane it it's completely insane how how does that even compute that you would say, like someone, like you know, d- d- plays a role on a TV screen, and therefore they're going to lecture you about, you know, uh, uh, racism and climate change, and and I mean, obviously, the, again, these people are just mouthpieces for for the regime ideology, but that that's not how it's perceived. It's perceived as like, oh, this person is a moral authority, right? What were you saying there? <laughs> oh, sorry. No, I was done. Okay. Because uh, you were both you and uh, and Larry were saying something at the same time. You what were you going to say, oh. Larry? Oh no! I was just gonna say uh, when I, to something that you said about actors, like but they go into Hollywood with like a certain like outlook on things, and they get there, and then they just sort of like like succumb to the idea that they're just an object for other people's entertainment. It's like oh, hot take. They th- so they think they're just an object of entertainment. Therefore, actors aren't actually people. No, they actually aren't. They like <laughs> I say this as somebody who used to do theater. Actors are not people. Wait a minute. You were an actor and an author. Mm-hmm. I'm a double liar. <laughs> okay, but that well, cancels each other out, so I tell the truth. Ob- ob- objects can lie, folks. You heard it here first. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was all I, I had there was just that interruption. Okay. Well, I just want to make sure you, well, I want to make sure your interruptions get Get airtime. I'm sorry for stepping on. Yeah, I didn't mean to. Oh no, 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 dude. No, you had a, you had a great point. I just want because I you, usually Larry's stuff is fire, and I wanted to make sure that uh, he got in there. Fucking nigger. Oh, I forgot. To, I forgot to introduce. Yes, uh, TV producer Frank. TV's Frank is in the uh, production window. So yeah, if you, the, the <laughs> random interruptions to make the show funny again will be from him. I got something you will do do. <laughs> do you remember the fucking um so you guys know uh like law and order svu and stuff uh the one with ice ice t not ice cube yeah ice t ice t which is svu special victims unit what was the one? he's talking to like some fucking like roided up groid and he's like yeah and he's like the the groid says to him he goes i'm not gay i have he's like i have sex with uh i have relationships with women and sex with men that's daniel craig <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I'm not gay. I know. I know the. Uh, I know the clip you're talking about. It's. Uh, let me see here. I, let's yeah. see. I got it right here. Yep. Oh, here we go. I am not gay. Dude. Is it coming? Through? I am not gay. Yeah. I have relationships with women <laughs> and sex with men. And I got news for you. That means you're gay. it's daniel craig (laughs) he's not wrong he's like i give i give all the leads in my shows kisses but he's like but i'm not gay that's so gay Well, whatever. I don't want to go. I actually do kind of agree with the. Uh, this. I don't know how rele- how important this is of a point to make, but I, I I think it's like to me. I've always thought it's important to push back on this idea of homosexual as an identity. Like, in other words, 
what's at stake in the idea that someone can be gay, that gay is a, essentially you're, you're legitimizing gay is a valid thing. It's like, no, you're like a sexual degenerate. You're a sexual pervert who does deviant sexual behavior, you know, dysgenic, uh, anti-civilizational <clears throat> sexual behavior. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's like, you know, I'm not gay. I just have sex with men. Like, I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily the point that's being made, but I, I, I'm, I'm more inclined to sort of ultimately be like, yeah, you know, okay. I indulge in these certain, um, like I'm, I'm willing to give someone a certain amount of leeway. Yeah. Here. Yeah. I no, that's, well, things. that's, well, and that's something I don't, maybe it's something I should talk about more and maybe it's something I need to focus on more. Uh, but just. The, the, that's been my perspective for a long time. It's like it's not an identity. You, it's it's an activity. It's it, yeah. I mean like it's a pathology. Frankly, is what it is. But right. Right, it, right. 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 Like you 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 perform homosexual homosexuality. The idea of being gay is just a constructed. And sometimes like these people are aware of this because I I used to hear this argument from people from pro gay people. About well, how like the idea, of the idea of it being. Yeah. Well, let me finish the point here. The right, idea right, right. of it being constructed, you know, comes from the the Victorians. Like, well, the Victorians were nineteenth century Anglo's, and therefore wrong. So, like, that's <laughs> that 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 argument doesn't work with me. It's like they were just they were wrong. I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, that's where are the Anglo's problem. now, bro? Yeah, <laughs> that's not my problem. What were, what, were say, what, what were we gonna say? What were we gonna say, DK? Oh, uh, I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, Oh, that there was the Foucault thing that like the 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 Foucault one. I mean, Foucault kind of takes it in, ultimately in a different direction. But Foucault in the history of sexuality is is very careful to emphasize that and and an old school leftist like sixties seventies era, um, you know, homosexual activists used to be uh, pretty upfront about the fact that like you know that that. Yeah, the the construction like it was it was they themselves who would point out that that homosexual was a constructed identity, um, and and they were kind of pushing they they were they were pushing back on it in an effort to normalize it. Um, this is where you also get arguments like you know oh oh you know giraffes male giraffes will engage in homosexual sex or whatever, but um, they were they used to be upfront about like about the fact that it was it was you know it was it's a behavior it's it's a pattern of behavior that people engage in. That then gets constructed as this kind of thing, and then this whole anthropology gets built around it, and and they've completely abandoned that, of course, now, and and they've they're because they've doubled down on this idea of like you know sexual identity and whatever. I, there's a whole other I uh, you know thing going on there. Ultimately, I think about like uh, narcissism. I mean, fundamentally, it comes back to narcissism, and when and what's at the what's at stake in, in all these discussions, homosexuality, especially transgenderism, which is just like. Um, the the natural extension of it in these terms is narcissism. Everything comes back to like, oh, my individual proclivities, my individual desires um, constitute my identity as a subject in the world. It doesn't have to be that way, and that's why you sometimes see um, like homosexuals push back on the tranny. Like there's a there's a natural tension, in fact, between like homosexuals and and, and trannies because the homosexual, you know, like the whole point is you know you're 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 uh, pathologically attracted to the to the to the wrong genitals, and it's all about the genitals, right? And and the transgender thing like completely cuts against the the, the relation. The, the whole point is that like oh, your genitals don't determine your quote unquote gender identity. So mm-hmm. these things are in in opposition, in one sense, but in another sense, precisely because the whole thing is predicated on narcissism and the construction of individual subjective identity on on the basis of proclivities and desires, um, it's a natural extension, right? I don't know if I'm making. I don't know how much if if that's how much sense that's making, but but I, I've thought about this quite a bit. 
Yeah, homosexuality is is sort of like the fuck you dad of of sexualities and stuff. And the fuck, yeah. there was another, there was um and like the as for like the tranny stuff, the like trannies it it's almost like they are like they're faggots who they're like they're so into themselves that they think that like they're like I'm a faggot, but I can still be a heterosexual. Well, like for example, in in ancient Rome, right? Like, to go back to this thing, it's not like you didn't. Ha- obviously, everybody knows. That, you know, I mean, it's it's overblown for ideological reasons. But and you know, Greece and Rome, it's not like there weren't people who engage in in homosexual behavior. I, I'm sure there, you know, people who would today be classified as as homosexuals. But even the most inveterate homosexual, you know, the aficionado of, of, of homosexual behavior would be expected to have a wife and children, right? I mean, in that sense, you know, good, I guess, for Daniel Craig, that assuming that his his child is actually his biological child and that, you know, he saw, he was able to, like, I mean, whatever, good for him, I guess. But, um, yeah, I mean, this this thing of, like, because you're never going to get, like, 100% compliance with any rule, you know, it, it, that's always kind of an ab- abstraction. The, the point is, like, what does society... Uh, subsidize and want get more of, and what does society punish and get less of? What? <laughs> Finish your point. I, I, I'm going to ask I'm you done. guys something because yeah. I have I have a great I think I have a great Wikipedia rabbit hole for us to go down because I w- I happen to be reading about this today. Don't ask me why. <laughs> I know I, I assume Larry probably doesn't, but. Uh, DK, are you familiar with the uh, the story behind the uh, the stage play M Butterfly? No, Madame Butterfly, you mean? No, well, so there's Madame Butterfly, which good was, assumption, by the way. Which, <laughs> <laughs> which there was there was, there was Madame Butterfly, which is that famous story about the uh, the Japanese woman that um, was uh, race mixing with with the uh, the white man, and then he abandoned her, and she commits suicide, and all that. Well, there's there's a stage play it was written in the '80s called M Butterfly, which uh, the original production starred John Lithgow and um, B D Wong. Which was this was actually based on a real story of a French diplomat who was caught in a Chinese honeypot trap with a. Uh, with an opera singer um so okay let me let me just let me just let me just read this for you guys then because i think this is an interesting topic and i think you guys are gonna have some good reactions to this so uh bernard uh uh was a french diplomat who was caught in a honeypot trap seducing him to participate in chinese espionage by shu pei pu a male i'm sorry shi pei pu okay and obviously, he's a fucking kike. She, 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 a, a male uh, Peking uh, opera singer. That's the, who that's performed. the noise that, that boars always make when they're herding sheep. <laughs> <laughs> a male Peking opera singer who performed female roles, whom Bursa So believed to be female. This espionage case became something of a cause celebre in France in 1986 as Bourseau and she were brought to trial owing to the nature of the unusual sexual subterfuge alleged. And then this was the uh, subject of uh, M. Butterfly. But uh, Bourseau was born in 1944. He attended boarding schools as a youth where he engaged in multiple homosexual affairs with other students. Upon graduation, Bourseau became determined to have sex with a woman for the first time, believing that institutionalized homosexuality among boarding students was merely a rite of passage. 
He first I mean, met. <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> he first met Xi Peipu in China while posted to the French embassy at Beijing as an accountant in 1964. He was 20 years old and she was 26. They met at an embassy reception and shortly began a relationship. Reporter Joyce Wadler, who wrote the book Liaison about the affair, would later attribute Bursaso's belief that she was a woman to Xi's unique ability to retract his own testicles, which what? combined Wikipedia, slow down. <laughs> to retract his own testicles. Slow the fuck down. <laughs> like it's a fucking like, like it's a fucking like convertible car or something. <laughs> Push a button and the top comes down. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Stand back, we about to re- you can retract these nuts. You know what I'm <laughs> <laughs> when the right. fuck did TV become real? Okay, so dude is born in 1944. Quote, he attended boarding schools as a youth where he engaged in multiple homosexual affairs with other students. Upon graduation, he became determined to have sex with a woman for the first time. Like nigga <laughs> I will fuck a woman in earnest, GK. <laughs> Nigga, it's not that hard. <laughs> Post haste. That's what she said, I guess. <laughs> it gets better. <laughs> Bursus believed that she was a woman. Believed that she was a woman to she's unique ability to retract his own testicles, which combined with the manipulation of his own penis created the illusion of labial lips and a clitoris, and allowed for shallow penetration. I mean, it might have allowed for shallow penetration, but like, imagine, like, oh yeah, this is a very convincing illusion. Like, like he dude retracts his balls and. What man, quote manipulate? I want to know how you he, manipulate your penis. He has a play date. illusion he has, of labia. He has a play doh penis, DK. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess if that's what I'm saying is like if I guess if it's soft enough, then he could like kind of get. He's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get in there a little, a little bit, you know. <laughs> Pause button. Pause button. <laughs> Fucking kike. <laughs> oh my god! I don't even. I, <laughs> That you deserve to be fucking bullwhipped by a Cossack. What the fuck are you doing? (laughs) You should be fucking... Yeah, they should. All of these people. I I just want to know, like, so who... Okay, so I'm amazed because, okay, so I'm looking at this uh, on... And and I guess this is... uh, So there's there's this whole line in M. Butterfly on the Wikipedia page. There's a a whole, like, top-line section. uh, Relevance to the LGBT community. So, so just, just just to be clear, that the M Butterfly is a play that's not that's based off the story, but that's an actual fictional. I know where you're going with this, but I just want to be clear for the audience. Sure. That story is a is a fictional story that's based off of this historical thing. Mm. Okay, but, but I guess my point is like, yeah, sure, sure, but the the I guess my point here is like the the reason why I bring it up is because obviously. There's a top line section on Wikipedia. The LGBT community sees this as relevant to itself. Like, I want to know what the lesson here. Like, what I mean, I get. I mean, I know what they 
I guess they say, you know, quote, the lines between gay and straight become very blurred. It's like, nah, these niggas is gay. But <laughs> leaving that aside, it's like, I mean, what? I don't know. I mean, this this is this is just uh, I don't know. Well, let me read the re- let me read yeah. the rest of the history. In 1965, she claimed to be pregnant and was able to use a baby boy called She Do Do, later called Bert. <laughs> so one is She Foo Poo and the other is She She Do Do. She Pay Poo. She Pay Poo and She Do Do. and She Do Do. Later called Bertrand by Borsoso and his family, who Bertrand. <laughs> yes, it's like the it's like the, it's like the story of John Bud. You know what I mean? It's like this is fucking Bertrand. Oh, this is my friend She Do Do. Uh, you know, also known as Bertrand. <laughs> she claimed to, so it was able to use a baby boy called She Do Do, who had been bought from a doctor in the Xinjiang Autonomous Region of China. Over the next decade, they continued their on again, off again affair as Borsasso moved from posting to posting in Southeast Asia. During this period, Borsasso embraced his own bisexuality, having multiple liaisons with women, while also engaged in a long-term relationship with a Frenchman named Terry, with whom he one day hoped to form a family, including Shi Pu and Bertrand. Borsasso has stated that he began passing documents to Xi when the Chinese Cultural Revolution made it difficult for him to see her. Him. He was approached by Kang Sheng, a member of the Chinese Secret Service, who offered him access to Xi in exchange for his passing documents. Fucking Kung Lao's cousin. <laughs> he believed Xi's safety was at risk if he failed to participate. Borsasso returned to France in 1979 and lost contact with Xi. In 1982, Borsasso was able to get the now 16-year-old Xi Dudu out of China into Paris, where they lived as a family. Borsasso was questioned by authorities and confessed to having passed at least 150 classified documents to Xi. In 1983, Borsasso and Xi Peipu were arrested for spying for China. The prosecution then dramatic re- dramatically revealed Xi's real sex to Borsasso. He refused to believe it until he was permitted to see proof in the form of Xi's body. Not long after, he attempted suicide while in prison, but was unsuccessful. In 1986, after a two-day trial, Boursasso and Xi were convicted of spying against the French government. Each received a sentence of six years in prison. So, and then and we're supposed to like build our whole society around catering to these freaks. Boom! Yeah, I, yeah. Just, I just can't, man. Please don't bother me. But yeah, I don't know. It's just like you, you, you hear about the stuff and just, just think about because I was reading that same thing you were you were reading, DK about this idea of like of gender identity and sexual identity. It's like no, you're just a weird freak. Right. I mean, like you have you have this guy like you read like read this whole article. They keep going back and forth on Chi Pepu's pronouns and. What hit what Borsasso's sexuality was like? Oh, he embraces bisexuality, and he wanted to form this family with uh with, with his gay lover and this gay lover who pretended to be a woman and this boy that was literally bought from a doctor. And it's like you know what? That is what homosexuality. What, that is what LGBT is right there. That is what they actually are. Like, this, Speaking of which, I mean, I know it's a kind of like and, they, and, they, and also, yeah, and also they spy on. for other governments. I mean, like, and they right. can't be trusted. Yeah, they're, they're, they're literally like, the story's an, yeah. the story's an encapsulation of what LGBT actually is. Yeah, freaks, freaks who who, are, who glow in the dark. Uh, 
No, it's just disgusting. And 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 this shit with uh, what was what is it? Uh, Pete Buttplug, who who like is going on quote paternity leave, or because I mean I know it's like normie tier politics, but it, it's been funny to watch. Um, well, that's like that's a nice pivot, actually, to one of my things. That's my loser was conservatives. But I'll let you intro that because I wanted to talk about this. Sure. So so uh, for those who aren't and I don't blame you aware of um, some normie politics shit. Basically, Pete Buttplug has been uh, away like hilariously for the sec- secretary of, of the Department of Transportation. Uh, what while we have, you know, basically an increasingly terrible supply chain disaster unfurling and, and we're nowhere near we will return i'm sure to this topic later on but um you know the, the secretary of transportation has been has been i would say awol but it's not away without official leave he has official leave to 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 be doing his gay shit because they just uh they just uh cooked the butt baby and, and ejected <laughs> it from their anus i guess <laughs> i'm sickened to death my day is ruined <laughs> and uh and 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 yeah so so now so now he's he's getting quote paternity leave uh because you know that's what we do i guess these days and I, i'm still actually not 100 percent convinced that, that that he's literally like to me it's like i could totally see the cia being like okay you're gonna be gay for like you know clout um, to this guy who's actually just a totally normal straight man, but he just acts the part for the TV cameras and 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 the wine ants. You know what I'm saying? Every, every, every Fed got somebody gay in their family. CIA and niggas it, is gay. FBI <laughs> niggas is gay. The CIA is like, we'll even lend you like one of our children we've stolen from like right, some exactly. other citizen. Exactly. So I mean that that wouldn't surprise me at all if he's like he you know secretly he just crushes pussy like every night. But um, I'm going with the official story that that he's a big old faggot and and this is just the most disgusting just about the most disgusting degenerate thing that has ever i mean it's just i mean we're reaching levels of, of depravity that that shocked me and yeah and conservatives are tied in or not i mean um um you got some notably notably tucker who i mean i know he's not our guy or our friend or anything but but uh interestingly tucker basically attacked him on this topic and, and good for tucker to to that extent but um, yeah, like the kind of middle of the road Republican politician, for reasons that I'm sure you're about to elaborate, Borzoi has been has been very reluctant well, to touch the story. Well, but my my problem is is that these guys have been attacking the principle of paternity leave, not the fact right. that yes, that yes. that Pete Buttigieg is a is a disgusting homosexual glow nigger. Like that's like there's there because they can't say the things that need to be said and because they're not going to say the things that are going to be said because their whole purpose is to basically channel white rage into a completely fruitless endeavor. They're not going to actually go at well, you know, I guess speaking of fruit, like they're not going to go after the actual fruity aspect of this. So you have this tweet from Matt Walsh. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, the thing about paternity, so they go after the principle of paternity leave. When it's like that's not the issue is not paternity leave. The issue is Pete Buttigieg. Uh, the thing about paternity leave is there isn't much for dad to do when the baby is a newborn, especially if mom is breastfeeding. That's just a total. His, I mean, like, dude, does Matt Walsh have kids? Like, like. Well, that's like I showed this to my wife, and she asked. She literally asked the same questions. Like, does this guy have kids? Cause, okay, so every single one of us on this. Uh, that are speaking right now, the three of us, we all have kids. And obviously our kids are all in different stages of development. I'm the one who's got the youngest kid here. 
And we all of our experiences as fathers are probably different on some level, but like I guarantee all three of us know that it's not just about like, hey, hey, okay, I guess the I guess the woman's feeding the baby right now and uh I guess they're not doing well, anything. Well not just that too. It's like so why I mean, why wouldn't a like a, a dad want to be around his family? Like what's so ma- what's the matter with like a a dad being home with his wife and kid for a few weeks after like what's the what's the problem with that? It's just well, the problem it's, is that it's, 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 it's white supremacy, right? I mean, the problem. I mean, not not to say that that's necessarily exactly the direction that the conservatives are going in, but but the fun, the problem is if you have like if if dad is around and taking time off work, even if it's like paid, just taking time off work that he has a job to take <laughs> to take time off from uh, and and spend with his wife that he's married to and his kid that he just sired. Uh, that's. Yeah, this is very this is all very white supremacist, right? And 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 I also have like I'm going to have a unique perspective on this as well. I don't know to what extent this is now becoming more of a common experience, just because the idea of women being in the workplace is entrenched now. Um, it's probably not the most common experience, but my I work only part time. That's I'm I am the primary stay at home parent, and my Hell son yeah. is. Uh, my my son's a little, you know, my, my son's not a newborn. He's not a newborn anymore. But because that was always my experience from the start, that I was the part-time worker so that I could help my wife out when after the birth. And then when she went back to work, I was the one who took care of the house, basically. When, and, you know, this is coupled with my family helping out and, and, and the like and her family helping out. And that's like I've talked about this before, that this is why extended family is so important and that what they've yeah. done to the extended family is so insidious and disgusting. But because I... I know like dads actually do a lot. I mean, even even guy even dads who are working full time and I, I I I can I know what is involved with the with um, paternity leave. You're not just staring at mom and she's breastfeeding the kid. Like actually this is the point I wanted to make. This is like this is the insidious aspect of so much of this like conservative ideology that they want people to imbibe in is that it gives you this idea that basically just people are economic units so it's like okay baby is fed therefore baby is okay it's like the whole benjamin spock thing of like you know love them feed them and leave them alone it's like no that's not what being a parent involves there is a this is a this is a holistic all-encompassing experience you should be with your kids you should be spending time with them yeah, and these and these guys, these like commentators, are they're such slaves to to corporations and like business owners and stuff like that, capital that they don't want to let like they don't give a shit about the worker whatsoever. Like that's I, I can I guarantee you that's something that anyone who is having a child will, would like want to do to to, to, yeah. to just go back to that. You know what I mean? It's just it's it, like it, it's the whole idea. Like they. In these tweets, and they're being dragged for this, but like in these tweets, they're reducing the experience of fatherhood as to watching over an economic unit and making sure that it's getting its breast nutrients. Like that's the way that they, and of course, like Stephen Crowder is a, is a sociopath, and Matt Walsh is just, I don't know what he is, a gay retard. I don't know. He just. <laughs> But like, okay, so yeah, I don't know what he is either. Role, it's an interesting question. Like his main yeah. role is to take care of mom as she recovers, but of course that doesn't apply to Budajig, so I'm not sure why he needs paternity leave at all. It's just like say you don't like gay people. Like that, if that's yes, the point right, you're trying to make, right, if right, that's the point you're trying to make, just say yes, that. Yes, that's yeah, and it's like Matt. 
It's like, you know who else wasn't a big fan of gay people, Matt? God. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Hitler, but I mean, they're God and Hitler are on the same team, so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, one's following the other, so. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, carrying out the plans as they were from the foundation of the earth. But yeah, I mean, that's really all it is. You could just say, I don't like faggots, and faggots shouldn't have, like, extra time at home to molest their children. Remember when, like, remember when it was like a live question in America? Maybe I don't know how I don't know how old you are, Larry, but but remember when it was a it was a live question in American politics? Like, like should faggots be allowed to adopt children? Like that was the thing. Is like obviously they shouldn't get married, and obviously you know we shouldn't. They're not equal. But like, should we allow like you know practicing homosexuals to like have access to small children? Yeah, well, DK, I feel like the like commentators like Matt Walsh and like po- like politicians and people who are in power have actually legitimized homosexuals by even like acknowledging <laughs> them. Like this is an argument that needs to take place. Right. No, I, like, exactly. It's not something that even needs to be addressed. Faggots like aren't going to have children. They're never going to have kids. And like any time that they start getting uppity like this, they should have just been like put down. But like the government works for these fucking people. Well, yeah, I mean they're the janissary class, right? I mean, so, and, and like the protected class, like all of these groups, like being protected classes and stuff. I mean, like that, like said, like the government does, like just by saying they're protected, they are working for these classes of people. And like the like the classes that aren't protected are like the classes that have opinions about these groups. You know what I mean? Like political beliefs and stuff. Like that's not a protected class, like federally, I don't think. But like faggots are, and like blacks are, and shit. You know what I mean? Like you can't absolutely. Kick, you can't have you can't say that fags or blacks can eat in your restaurant because they're protected classes. But like they, you know, p- folks like that can say like, oh, I don't want, um, I, I don't know, like fucking covid deniers or something to come in here because like oh your belief or like racists can't come here because their belief like we can we can be removed from society and it'd be like totally sanctioned and backed up by the government but if we want to excise these cancers and tumors from like or just our restaurants like that's the one like oh like the fact that we can't ha- like do segregation in this country like fucking drives me insane and not just like with blacks but like with the like the like these fucking disgusting wretches as well do you know what I mean? Oh, yes. Yeah. And so, and so, adding to like you know, you have Matt Walsh was you know problem enough, but then you have maple syrup sociopath Stephen Crowder chiming in as a as a dad going through this right. I'm sorry, mass maple <laughs> killer. Mass maple. I have no doubt in my mind that there's a couple of unsolved murders in Canada that has <laughs> some very strange circumstantial evidence that if they were well, to look into Steven Crowder, he just happens to be a person of interest. Well, have you seen these mass graves they're digging up up there? Is it a coincidence that they're ha- they're in the same con- like same country as Steven Crowder? Mass I don't think so. <laughs> I, I've I've always hated the like uh like trying to turn Stephen Crowder into like a hardcore like siege poster meme. I've like it, it made sense with with the reason they did that, but I've always hated it because like he just strikes me as a weird, creepy sociopath, and I don't want that. I don't want my politics even as like even tangentially in a funny meme way associated with that. Like, the dude, I. I I guarantee this dude has is probably responsible for at least unmarked, one unmarked grave. 
knocked out police knocked down the door of his house you hear fucking goodbye horses playing and steven crowder's putting <laughs> lipstick on in the bathroom like putting lipstick on the corpses that he has in the bathroom like doing really weird shit yeah that's uh, unfortunately a very vivid believable image in my head right now but as a dad going through this right now which is the most terrifying sentence in this tweet. Uh, everything Matt Walsh has said is accurate. Paternity leave is for pussies. Full what? disclosure: I provide two weeks paternity leave for my oh, male two employees. Two whole weeks! Oh, great! How? I mean, yeah. Talk about a sociopath! Holy shit! And dude, listen to this. Steven Crowder, like the absolute fucking nerve of this guy. How much money does this dickhead make a year? Oh, paternity leave is bad. Like, how many fucking like nannies and shit can you hire to? And it's not even like he does actual work. It's like you hang out at a fucking desk and talk on a computer all day, dog. Like, <laughs> if I was like podcasting was, is, re- is podcasting work is is what is this sex work is real work? I don't forget the uh, radio work is real late. It's real work, yeah, DK. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> trying to figure out the the joke again. Yes, it's just I, the, the the what got me about this. Is that you have this, you know, conservatism, at least in the in this online form is like a consumptive identity. And so you have these guys that will fall, you know, you know, fall backwards, trip over their own dicks to make sure that that they simp for based homos and based trannies. But then. The moment, like something like this, like which could have an, an actual real world implications for white fathers. Oh, then the then the whole fake machismo comes out. It was the and same like, thing with, the, like, with the child and, and, also, like, and, and also like Stephen Crowder. Like you've worn a dress multiple times, <laughs> quote unquote, as a joke on right. your own fucking show. Okay, like I'm like, not listening like to what you. Bar, what yeah. is it? Yeah, it's like you niggas act gay for money. You are literally gay for pay. I don't care what level of actual activity you claim to engage or not engage. Like, you're literally gay for pay. I'm not listening to you. Tell me what a pussy is. They, they did the same thing with the child tax credit uh, is what I was saying. Remember when, when um, uh, I think it was it was it Trump or Biden? I think it was Biden expanded it quite quite a lot. And, and, yeah, because no, sure that, that's, that's been by like, uh, this is something I'm, I'm very familiar with because like, it's been a big expansion under Biden is the child tax credit. I, I actually have I mean, a lot we, of people. We definitely benefited from it. it. Yep. And and like I'm sure both of you all have as well. And, and you know, uh, people can be like, oh, well, blah, blah, blah. You know, blacks have a lot of kids and that's true. But I don't give a shit. It's also I mean, there's so many white people still in this country it's yeah probably yeah, blacks, are gonna, blacks are gonna have a lot of kids regardless i right. got a kid right now right. i gotta take care exactly. of okay i want help exactly. with that and 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 you know the, the the democrats to their credit have 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 given it and provided it. and that's a real issue that's really benefited a lot of white people in this country i mean a lot of people generally but but especially white people and and it's really telling that the conservatives i mean i, I think the, the round one of this uh now it's about paternity leave um but, but before that, it was about oh, we can't afford to pay, you know, allow people to like get money to have kids and blah blah blah. But just shut the fuck up, like you know, it, it's like what what is wrong with you? You know, I, I, it, it's just bizarre. I mean, of course, it's and I don't necessarily, I don't. Th- I think Matt Walsh essentially, uh, my you know, it doesn't really matter. I guess you know, Mike has a great point. Of course, always saying like we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, and and at a certain point, it doesn't really matter. I, I don't think. 
I don't think I think just Matt Walsh's brain has been so programmed by Jewish propaganda, by the kind of you know the, this Austrian-ish you know free market thing and and this kind of whole bullshit ideology that it, it you know he he's kind of incapable of. Uh, I mean, because occasionally he'll say based stuff, but he, he's basically incapable of, of stepping back and and examining well, he, these things from a different perspective. I mean, he's, I mean, he works the Daily Wire. He's Ben Shapiro's bris bearer, yeah. so I mean, <laughs> he's Shabos Goy, yes. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, I mean, I get, exactly. But but I, I but my point is just I don't necessarily yeah. think it's not necessarily that he himself is so strongly ideologically committed it's exactly as you say conservatism quote unquote is a consumptive ideology it's wrapped up in in a certain kind of um this this you know like like mid 20th century debates over you know uh fiscal sustainability and blah 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 and a reagan it's 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 a weird kind of zombie reagan thing i think going on to some extent and and so and and he his identity is still so wrapped up in it that that he can't step back and be like well actually it makes a lot of you know why of course we want paternity leave. we want strong families why wouldn't we want strong families why wouldn't we want uh you know fathers spending time with their children and um and, and this sort of thing but but you, they just they never look at it from that perspective oh no they just wanna, they just wanna, say that stuff because that's what their audience wants to hear but like in every aspect of like what you would need to do to make these strong families happen and like the form these family bonds now nah, we don't we don't need those things we can just make this stuff happen at the snap of a finger if we just will it hard enough you know what i mean well remember oh, oh, like a few sorry go on boris i just it's very quick i just want to highlight this comment in the chat because you mentioned matt walsh uh and austrian economics ridgeway democrat says there's only one austrian worth listening to yeah. <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> Indeed, indeed. Good comment. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, it's just, I mean, the the whole discussion, I mean, the, 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 they're, they're not, they're not, I mean, conservatives are just, I mean, and, and, and it's so infuriating. I mean, I guess, well, no, I mean, the, the proper perspective, I guess, at this point, it's not to be infuriated, it's to be glad, because they're just, they're owning themselves, they're discrediting themselves, and the end result is, you know, it just, Essentially opens up space for us to be right wingers, actual right wingers who are are saying yes, and we want strong families and we want healthy families and, and blah blah blah. But um, you know, I guess to these for someone who's still wrapped up in the idea that the uh, institutional fake kosher right in the United States is is going to accomplish anything, it, it, it must of course be infuriating because you know it's like yeah, uh, these people are coming at things from just a completely skewed perspective that that's that's like it's embarrassing it's embarrassing like it, it it's it's pre it's like if you wanted the democrats to own you you would you couldn't you could hardly come up with a better talking point for them yeah it's almost as if like these it this like it concert like conservative commentators with with ideas like this lends credence to the to the notion that these people are just actors who are paid money to just put they just to say these things. He he might he might not even believe this. Right. You know what I mean? Right. They're not. These just aren't even honest actors. Yeah, I mean they probably are. I mean, like this, it's actually very like you know we we, we thought my whole thing, my whole uh, uh, diversion into M Butterfly was just a pointless tangent, but I mean fundamentally, is that not what the conservative really is when you look at that story? Is a uh, <laughs> is a is a is a strange homosexual interested in other races. Yeah, no, that's that's America, dog. I mean, that's the that's the Republican Party. That's conservatism incorporated. 
conservatism but, uh, incorporating them niggas. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, we did we did one piece of uh, of DK prep. We did one piece of my prep. What do you what, what do you have, Larry? Well, I got. I hope my fucking uh, thing here didn't die because I have. Uh, actually, I can just pull this up right here. I don't know. What do you guys want to talk about? The uh, the Jew Crusher, or do you want to talk about the that stabbing that took place? Really, the stabbing that took place. I just wanted to read you guys the name of the. Well, person just that just did that. just just do both because I have a feeling one's going to be shorter than the other, and I think we can do both of them. So just do go ahead and do both of them. All right. Well, did you did you get a ch- all right? So in Philadelphia, there was a woman who was raped, right? And this uh, reminds you. So a woman was raped on a train as bystanders stand by. They didn't do anything. Why didn't they do anything? I I really have no idea. But I just I was reading this. Do you guys know the guy's name that did this? Oh, I this saw, it's like this is a jazz hands me. It's like. <laughs> How is this? This must be like. like I, I don't know anything about. I, I, I first thought. I first thought this is the stabbing in Britain. I don't know what this is. So go ahead and tell me. Oh no! So this was in Upper Darby, Pennsylvania. This is down by Philadelphia, and uh, I'm gonna. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. It's Fiston Ngoy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Ding ding ding, dude. So check this out. I'm going to read Just I'll read it. So a woman was raped by a stranger on a commuter train in suburban Philadelphia in the presence of other riders who a police official said should have done something. Indeed, they should have. Um, so where do we go? Superintendent Timothy Bernhardt of Upper Darby Police Department said officers were called to the 69th Street Terminal around 10 p.m. Wednesday after the assault on the westbound train on the Market Frankfurt line. An employee of the Southeastern Pennsylvania Transportation Authority, who was in the vicinity as the train went past, called police to report that something wasn't right with a woman aboard the train. SEPTA, police, waiting at the next stop, found the woman and arrested a man. The woman was taken to a hospital. Bernard called the victim an unbelievably strong woman who provided the police with a lot of information. She did not know her attacker. She's on the mend. There are a lot of people, in my opinion, that should have intervened. Somebody should have done something. It speaks to where we are in society. I mean, who would allow something like this to take place? So, the perpetrator, Fiston Ngoy, 35, has been charged with rape, aggravated indecent assault, and related counts. I just, I thought, like, what a name. You gotta... Well, and so, you know, look at the, I think you read the headline, woman raped on L train in Upper Darby while others stood around and did nothing, police say. So they didn't do nothing about a didn't do nothing. Hmm. No, yeah. But I mean, it's like, yeah, it's almost like a (laughs) Fiston Goy. Fiston Goy. Yeah, it's like Jazz Hands wrote the article. This is, this is like a, this is like one of those like 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 Markov bots or whatever they're called, where like like just you feed enough news into it, eventually it's just going to re- it's just going to create news stories that you just assume has to be something from like a like like a, a white nationalist parody site or something. You know what else? This could be Borzoi. This could be a lot like the script the the script writer the AI script writer. It's like you just type and you type the headline. And then you just write the first letter, and then the computer just spat this out, and it's like they had a 35-year-old named Fiston Goy who was raping women on the fucking train. It, like, well, like, the, like, like a predictive text thing, like the uh, like that play they're doing. Yes, yes, which people unfortunately won't get to hear about. 
<laughs> maybe I'll clip that. Like that was a good <laughs> second. Maybe I'll clip that part out. I was totally kidding about that. The whole I don't know if you want to do that. Maybe yeah, it's your call. Uh, I mean, like, I, I, mean like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I already alluded to it at the opening of like you know with the most huggable deja vu episode on air. Oh yeah, well, uh, you know I I wasn't here. I was late and heterosexual. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not a faggot. But I mean, that being said, that was all I had there. Just uh, thought that was a funny name, you know, Fiston Goy. The small, the resident small brain here on the Third Rail podcast tonight. There's nothing small brain about you, Larry. Tell us about the Jew Crusher, though. Yes, Furious Chad Mansion. Fucking, he says, I'm not going to take any orders from a socialist. He slams out of state of Bernie Sanders because, um. Mansion and Kristen Cinema are like, you know, I'm not trying to support no fucking, you know, three point five trillion dollar build back better plan. Well, Bernie Sanders, you know, someone who supports it, wrote an op ed in West Virginia's biggest pit newspaper, and it it put Joe Manchin in a position where he's like coming out, and he basically he sounds just like a fucking um sounds like a Republican, but yeah, you got crying Jew, and then you know. Chad, the Jew Crusher Mansion, just not giving a shit. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm a Democrat. I'm not going to listen to no fucking socialist. But moderate... Uh, sorry, w- w- would, you, would you venture that he's a Ridgeway Democrat? No, unfortunately. I was a registered Democrat, <laughs> though. <laughs> oh, right! <laughs> okay, so if people... Because like that, that episode's like long gone. Maybe we, we can... Pull it back up at some point, but the the origin for those who are newer listeners, the origin of the Ridgeway Democrat meme was that there was this situation, and I think it was, I know it was in Michigan. It was either Macomb or Oakland County, where basically they got this nog off because they were able to allege some juror had said uh, it said some racial things in the deliberations. Obviously, all made up bullshit. But like when they when the news confronted him, he's on his and he's just like he's just like this this heavy sweaty boomer on his on his por- on his porch rambling and he's like and he just like he just randomly says like I'm a Democrat as though, as though it's supposed <laughs> to absolve him. So that's where the origin of the Ridgeway Democrat came from. Shit, that's really okay, man. Listen, I'm a Democrat. As a Democrat, I'm allowed to say that. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't know. We can we can read this, and then I guess uh, I we can read through. Um, I, don't know, I was gonna say I could read like DK being like, "No, nah, you're a moron, dude. You have it backwards. Uh, <laughs> you got it backwards here." Because my my original take on this, I was like, "You got fucking Joe Manchin being made to look like a dummy." in front of all these people who want this to go through. But then I thought for a second, I'm like, his constituency in West Virginia probably doesn't give a shit about this 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 thing, you know what I mean? Well I don't know what's going on, so you go ahead and you go ahead and uh you, you let me know what's going on with, with uh with the Jew Crusher here. Moderate West Virginia Senator, former governor, Joe Manchin lashed out at out of stater. He called Bernie Sanderson out of stater. Just call him a Jew. Oh. <laughs> Is that what? Yes, that was, is that the new euphemism for Jews? Like the like those out of staters. Like they're the ones that own Hollywood. They're the yeah, ones yeah. that own the banks. Fucking out of staters. This out of state financial system. What's going on this here, Bernie? Out of state run financial system. What's going on here, Bernie? You got dual loyalty between Vermont and West Virginia here, buddy. Is that what? Is this fucking <laughs> ages old canard here. 
So moderate West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin was like, listen, Jew Bernie Sanders, he was all mad, lashed out at him after the Vermont Socialist. Senator wrote an op-ed in the West Virginia newspaper urging supporters, I mean voters, support Joe Biden's infrastructure bill as the Democratic infighting over the stalled legislation escalated. And then it mentions here that Manchin and Kristen Sinema refused to rubber stamp the plan because it was just too damn expensive. The pay, the plan is just, the price is too high. So Sanders, eighty years old, all these old white men, right, and this old Jew. Uh, the leader of the progressive wing of the party made his case to Manchin's constituents in West Virginia's largest paper, the Charleston Gazette Mail. The three point five trillion dollar Build Back Better bill supported by President Biden and almost all Democrats in Congress, is an unprecedented effort to finally address the long-neglected crises facing working families and demand that the wealthiest people and largest corporations in the country start paying their fair share of the taxes, he wrote. Manchin immediately issued a stinging rebuke taken to social media to condemn Sanders and accuse the twice-failed presidential candidate, who he didn't even mention here that he's a Jew, that he had he no idea. He's an out-of-stater. An out-of-state Jew. <laughs> a, a, a Vermont-style socialist. <laughs> Rootless out-of-staterism. Vermont, yeah, Vermont. <laughs> so he says to the guy, he's like, you know, he, he took to, to like, oh, I, okay, I condemn you. And then they got pictures here of, like, old Joe Manchin looking at the ground, you know, counting... You know the number of Was laces on it? this woman. He's about he's yeah he's taking aim at a woman's feet to shoot. Wait w- wait what? I now I'm interested. What? He's a po- no, he's on he's, post. He's he's interested in women's feet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Joe Manchin is is looking at feet in the picture here, and then you got a crazy 80 year old Jew sitting in a chair. Fun 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 fact. Most people don't know this. Uh, on on the. Uh, I think it's called Wiki Feet or whatever the uh, the foot review site is. He's, uh, wait, wait, whoa, 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 wait. The what now? The, oh, that's a, that's a real thing. But uh, Joe Manchin, most reviews on Wiki Feet. <laughs> Hell yeah. So he's like the Lori Lightfoot of Yelp for toes. Okay, yeah, I, I, I was right. It is Wiki Feet. Okay. Wait, is that an actual uh, thing? Yeah. No, I only know about it because like somebody posted the uh, a, a, a screen cap of uh, Abigail Shapiro's like, feet rating. is immeasurable in my day's room. <laughs> Borzoi, why do you know about this site? Because I'm on post. That's why I know about oh, it. Oh, that's what somebody would want us to think here. I, I, or, ah. or, as, or as Borzette refers to it, what the, 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 uh, the naked anime girl site? or what is no, it? That, no, no, her, her exact phrasing is the anime porn site you talk to your friends on but where's the lie though <laughs> your wife said that yeah that's how she that's how she referred to post and join post at poa.st i'm never getting and give on money it's to like graph feet, feet feet and, naked. And, and give money to graph graph uh needs uh support and po- he provides an invaluable service and and uh, all hail hail graph feet and naked cartoon women yeah, okay, I was right. Abby Abby Shapiro has an entry on wikifeet.com. And you have an account on wikifeet.com. <laughs> well, not as big as uh, Joe Manchin's is. There's 126 um, pics of Abby Shapiro's feet on this website. Goodness gracious. And did she post them? Like, what a sicko. No, but no, these are, these are, these are feet niggas posting this shit. Oh, I thought that she might have just, like, put them up, like, different angles and stuff. 
It's possible, but yeah, it, no. She's got she's got a four point five out of five rating on this website. Oh, did you catch that on uh, the the sister site Instafeet? <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, I, I, had, I had another one there too. You know, you get these foot niggas on Instafeet, and they're all about that Insta skeet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> A little too far. A little too far, I guess. No, it's good. It's good. I, it's good. It's good. Kudos. Yeah, no, so I was... I, don't, I forget where I was at here. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, the yelling Bernie Sanders here. And he says... Uh, oh, Joe Manchin says, you know, this is the first time an out-of-stater has said to tell West Virginia is what is best for them, despite having no relationship to our state. Millions of jobs are open, supply chains are strained, and unavoidable inflation taxes are draining workers' hard-earned wages as the price of gasoline and groceries continues to climb. He reprimanded Sanders for wanting to throw more money on an overheated, already overheated economy, while 52 other seminars... <laughs> seminars... <laughs> Senators have grave concerns... <laughs> <laughs> Summoners, that's the nickname for Titus. <laughs> so he said, go, on. <laughs> go on, please. Congress, <laughs> Congress should proceed with caution on any additional spending, and I will not vote for a reckless expansion of government programs. No op-ed from a self-declared independent socialist is going to change that. What were you gonna say? I, I wasn't gonna say. I think my head hurts right now. I was just oh, making I... an elf insemination joke. That's that's all. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> I mean, I don't really know what else there is to say here. You know, I just thought, yeah, it was really it. Like I always bring I, really shitty. I have topics a little. Here. <laughs> well, I want to expand just a little, maybe on it. I mean, I think this was essentially your point, and and um, it's a good one. But 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 just to kind of maybe make it a little more explicit. Like so, when you when you brought this up in in our you know uh, our, our group chat for the for the prep, and you were saying like oh you know Joe Manchin is getting like negative op-ed. <laughs> Sorry, we have or we got a uh, you know, funny. <laughs> I'm in a giggly mood. Just the ch- so sleep in the chest is just like Kristen Semina. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm at that point because of this whole episode where everything makes me laugh right now. The seminars. Um, <laughs> what's that? What's that hockey team? The Summoners? Hey, what's the? What, hey, what's a What's a? What's Bernie Sanders' favorite cereal? Seminar Toast Crunch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's the stupidest fucking shit. <laughs> DK just sighs. <laughs> I'm sorry. What, you you were making. I don't, a, there was there was an actual point. Can you I find it? Remember. Oh, uh, yeah. I was right. Make, well, you, so you were trying. Your thing was like, oh, he he's like a loser because he's getting BTFO'd in the West Virginia press. There's like an, like Bernie Sanders is writing an article about Joe Manchin. You know, call, taking him out to task for blah blah blah. It's like nigga, he doesn't give a shit. Like he literally, like Joe Manchin is a hundred percent owned by the coal lobby in West Virginia. Absolutely, everybody knows it. His constituents know know it. He knows it. Everybody in Congress knows it. And and like nobody gives a shit. 
And Bernie Sanders is reduced to crying about it in in the local press and trying to like shame him. He's like, oh, you're not doing a good job of being a Democrat because as Democrats, we believe in this gay, you know, climate change bullshit and whatever else with the 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 whole thing about, uh, you know, like, you know, all the, whatever the whole agenda. Right. Joe Manchin doesn't give a fuck about any of that. I mean, basically none of them do. But with Joe Manchin, because he's essentially like – the whole thing is like, okay, he's a quote-unquote Democrat. <laughs> but, but, you know, he, West Virginia is such a white hard R seminar. I saw – is that what you're yeah. – <laughs> He's looking at the chat and making the mistakes. Hard R seminar, yes. Fantastic social marauder. Uh, kudos to you. Yes, that's uh, very, very good. Um, but yeah, like, like, like the whole thing, obviously every, the, 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 the subtext here and the context is West Virginia is a white state. Joe Manchin is a white person. These are white people who, you know, are like working class, basically poor. I mean, very West Virginia is among the poorest states. Um, yeah, it is. so they just don't give a shit about any of the pieties of the institutional Democrat party. And for that very reason, like Joe Manchin, between that <laughs> and the fact like the, the racial angle and the fact that he's a hundred percent owned by the. By the uh, by the by the 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 coal lobby. Um, I mean, they're not wrong. Bernie Sanders is not wrong to point that out. But like again, he doesn't give a shit. Like, why would it? And why does anybody give a shit? So like, he's just free to do whatever whatever he wants to do and and to play the kingmaker and whatever he says go because of you know it's it's, it's a split cent. Everything's on a razor thin margin. So whatever he says is basically law. If he vetoes something, that's it. They're done. And uh, if he doesn't, then it gets to go through. So. And 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 he's obviously, I mean, that's an incredible amount of power for any one person to have. Beyond that, like <laughs> the only thing that the Democrats can do is cry about it. So yeah, he's the winner. And I guess that was the the argument that that uh, uh, <laughs> cool it with the anti <laughs> cool it with no, the anti semitic remarks. Unstoppable seveners is for us, but you call us seveners. Ugh. <laughs> It actually sounds like her name, though. I mean, Kristen Seminer. Well, I, mean, I know that's the best part about it. It actually does sound like her name. Like, get it, guys? Kristen Seaman. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and she's also like one of the more. I mean, not that. I mean, she's like definitely not good looking, but she's like young-ish and blonde and like kind of attractive compared to like you know the median senator, right? If so, you had to pick one, would you... That's, all, right. Right. that's all I'm saying. Here, that's all I'm here saying. we go. DK, I got something for you. Diane right. Feinstein, Nancy oh, Pelosi, God. Christian Cinema. Fuck, Mary, kill. Go. Right, I always said, well, fuck, that's a hard... Okay, I guess Mary, <laughs> Christian Cinema, because you get to fuck her more. <laughs> you don't have to answer that. Never. Are you, are you sure you're married? <laughs> don't. <laughs> I'm just... No, I mean, this is purely hypothetical. Just, no, I'm very just, happily married. Yeah, I, was, I, saying, I, like, I, I was making a joke about <laughs> marriage. <laughs> <laughs> you don't actually have to answer that. It was really that was a bad. No, 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 that was easy for me. <laughs> Fuck cinema, marry Pelosi for the money, and then kill whoever's oh, left. I guess that's a good point. I was, uh, kill Feinstein goes without question. That's in that's in the context of this purely hypothetical game feds. Um, this is the you know it's like a it's a well known uh you know thing that people do called Fuck Mary Kill. You can look it up on Wikipedia. I'm sure this is not. It was in a movie. Yeah, right. It was done like Gankerman. <laughs> Anyway, uh, where were where were we? I don't know. My gosh. Um, yeah, that was that was it. You you uh, made my point better than I could. 
but yeah, that I just it. think it's worth. I just think it's worth emphasizing. Like, I mean, it will. Will the, the the especially the 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 whole point here is like it's a racial thing. Like nobody real. Like even Bernie Sanders isn't really. I mean, they make it. The Democrats will make this about like oh, the coal lobby, like as though the coal miners weren't all just poor white people who were you know forced to work in these in these coal mines. <laughs> but the whole the, the 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 overarching subtext here is. Uh, is racial, and the whole point is West Virginia. Everybody understands, even if they don't want to admit it for whatever reason. West Virginia, West Virginia is an extremely white state, and Joe Manchin's you know uh, nominal membership. As another, I mentioned Hank Gosel earlier. He, uh, I was, I've been, I've been, uh, you know, listening to back archives of the. Uh, uh, actually, I don't know if it was back archives of Myth of the Twentieth Century or something they said recently. Anyway, point is like the, um, you know. In the UK, yeah, it was, it was in their in their Winter of Discontent episode. Um, which I, again, like all Myth of the 20th Century uh, content, highly, highly recommended. But um, this is where I'm, I'm grabbing this from. Uh, the thing is, like in in parla- in true parliamentary systems in the UK and 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 elsewhere, um, you know, if, if the, the Conservative Party, the Tories in the UK, get to decide like who is going to be a Tory and who is not. Um, and if they don't like you or they don't like a vote you took or, or whatever, then they can just, you know, basically excise you from membership and, and remove you and, um, and basically you're screwed. Uh, whereas in the United States, you know, if you want to be nominally a Republican, like you can, you can declare yourself a Republican and it's essentially a matter of federal law that, like the Republican Party cannot kick you out. They can refuse to do various things for you. They can, they can, like as with uh, was it uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, they can strip you of your assignments. Or Steve King, they can, you know, do all kinds of. I mean, they can procedurally or just like on, on a low level, like what they did James Alsop. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They're, but 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 they cannot what they cannot say like okay, James Alsop, you're no longer a member of the Republican Party. They 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 could never. That's just literally illegal and impossible. For them to do, and so um, one of you know one of the effects of this is 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 basically it makes party membership kind of irrelevant um, at a certain level. Like like the the party like you know, it, it, at at most it's a kind of rough index for a certain series of. Uh, sorry, I got to run. One second. <laughs> Mid midpoint. <laughs> I have no idea. What you guys are talking about? Have you you've seen the movie They Live, right, Larry? Because oh, like, I have that. Yeah, I have that movie. Yeah, all all that's going on in my brain right now is I basically put the glasses on. I just see the word seminar everywhere, and it's just Semin- it's seminar, seminar, oh seven, God. whichever. It's just it's just it's like it's it's one of those. It's like one of, like when you get like a word stuck in your head and just you just think it over and over and over again. Maybe you're not crazy. You don't have this problem, but I do. And right so now, now it's we- stuck. It's just stuck in my head. Yeah, I feel like we're it's like, it always goes back to movies, but it's like it's like you and I are David Spade and Chris Farley high on nitrous oxide and on the way to the fucking capital. <laughs> limit, limit, Roads. Roads. <laughs> oh, I'm oh I'm stoned. Oh man. <laughs> This sucks. The nitrous oxide leaking into the car. Extremely underrated movie. And it's actually kind of a funny product of its time as well because everybody stops when when he screams kill Whitey. Yeah, and even the oh. even the blacks are trying to tell him to get him to stop doing it, and then he gets he, he you know gets in trouble for it. And that that's like that scene makes no sense now. 
Well, it's funny too because remember the scene where he's like that he's stoned eating all those chicken wings or smoking weed with like the reggae guys, and they come back into the room after he tells the rectum damn near killed him joke, and he tells the Groidman he goes, he's like, so let me get this straight, guys, I'm the man, Whitey, and you are the victims of a tyrannical, oppressive, racist society. They're like, yeah, true, oh yeah. And he's like, man, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and then as he's leaving, he says, you know, I'm going to go talk to some people and get this straightened out. We're going we're gonna to <laughs> figure this Farley is going to use his contacts to, to settle racism for the black community in, in 1990, like six or 97. The, the crazy thing about that movie is, is it's direct to me at least it's directed by Penelope Spheris, who did the the uh, decline and fall of Western civilization documentaries about the about the uh, which are the mu- music documentaries about they like, did one about punks, um, one about um, heavy metal, and then one about uh, crust punks. That doesn't surprise uh, me because the soundtrack on that movie was fucking awesome. Yeah, but yeah, uh, kind of. But um, while we're waiting for DK, no, I'm, I'm back. Here. Sorry, I, I'm sorry about that. But you, I mean, you, you, <laughs> I, you may not have heard it. We went, we went, uh, we did a mini pause button on on the on the Chris Farley film, Farley film, uh, Black Sheep. While you were gone, if you ever, oh, ever nice. want to do a, if you ever want to do a full length one to follow up the uh, gem of Tommy Boy, we did. We were going. It's going to happen. Don't worry. It's an all time <laughs> best uh, pause button, and yeah, definitely you should please. I mean, as I'm sure I, I'm not alone in the audience and being like, please, fuck, yes, do that. Um, <laughs> Movie rules. Yes. Sergeant Drake Savage blew his head clean out of his ass. Zeppelin landed on him. Rest in pieces. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you have anything to wrap up your point, DK? Yeah, well, I just wanted to say, so, like, the point is that, that the fact that Joe Manchin is, quote-unquote, a Democrat, like, basically is completely irrelevant like the, the 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 what is relevant is that he's white his constituents are white he represents a certain kind of white interests and and the fact that he nominally caucuses with the democrats and gives them a certain amount of power in certain circumstances should you know and everybody kind of gets that, that that doesn't really mean all that much but for the democrats it just makes them ass mad you know it just it just nukes their jimmies into orbit and and i find that very funny that's all all right. Um, let's move on to because I don't really have anything else to add. As I was saying, as I was saying to Larry, like all I see is the word uh, seminar in my head right now. So I have to move on to some actual prep to try and jog this thing. So I did uh, so, conservatives. Um, oh, yeah, Ireland. I can talk about Ireland here. Yeah. So there was a. So there's been stuff going around about Ireland uh, recently. There's this po- this uh, news article in the Jerusalem Post. Ireland's got an Israel problem. Editorial. Uh, judging from a couple of news items this week in Ireland, attacking Israel seems the acceptable thing to do. Uh, while the BDS movement has had only limited successes in the, la- in the two decades since its launch, one thing it has been able to do is to acquaint Israelis with certain contemporary artists whom they may have otherwise never come across. Such was the case in 2010 when an ap- American rock band called the Pixies... <laughs> I just... I just like the kind of like the oh like an the American non- rock band called the Pixies. I mean that's funny. It also, <laughs> it's just suck. Pixies. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my like uh, uh, indie cred autism nerd. Uh, the band there's no Z. They're just Pixies. 
Yeah, sorry, exactly. <laughs> I, I like them, but I mean that I was a, I was a hipster faggot for a long time. So what, what do you want from me? Uh, decided to cancel a tour date here after. No, boy, boy, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'll never forget. I'll never forget when I when I had you rolling when I called myself a what was that a, a gym cell art fag. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, uh, decided to cancel a tour date here after the Mavi Mar- Marmara incident. This made front page news. Many Israelis who never heard of. I'm going to correct this for them. Many Israelis who never heard of Pixies and who would never listen to their type of music were suddenly aghast. How dare they boycott us? The same phenomenon happened, repeated itself this week when Irish millennial author Sally Rooney, who just published a third novel called Beautiful World, Where Are You?, made clear she would not allow an Israeli publishing house, Modan, to publish the work in Hebrew. Rooney, righteously and ever so woke, said she could not accept a contract with an Israeli company that does not publicly distance itself from apartheid and support the UN-stipulated rights of the Palestinian people. And the pixie phenomenon, and pixie phenomenon repeated itself again. Israelis who never heard of Rooney and who would never, who would probably not buy her novels, even if they were bundled together in a three for NIS one hundred deal at Stymotsky, were left livid by her action. So, so none of this actually affects you, and you're just so you're just mad to be mad. Why read her at all? Diaspora minister Nachman Shai tweeted. I didn't realize that Israel had a had a diaspora minister. By the way, I'm, I that's kind of not surprising, I guess. The cultural boycott of Israel, anti-Semitism, and a new guise is a badge of shame for her and others who behave like her. Ironically, this brouhaha came the same week that Ben Cohen, the co-founder of the Ben and Jerry's ice cream empire that announced this summer it would no longer sell ice cream to Jews living beyond the Green Line, was left literally speechless in an Axios on HBO interview when asked why he was taking this measure against Israel because of opposition to one of its policies, but does not take similar actions against other countries or U.S. states pursuing other policies he is against. I don't know. Which countries? Which countries, yeah. Kike? <laughs> Who is doing anything remotely comparable to what Israel? This whole thing about like, oh, you know, you're always single out Israel. Like, yeah, because you're uniquely horrible. Like, who is doing anything? Like, even the the the, the what the Chinese are doing to the. I mean, I'm not I'm not like a, oh, a Uyghur whatever, but like, I mean, arguably, what they're doing to the Tibetans, arguably, but but even that is like, it, it, it's just. It, it whatever it, it just it just it just blows my mind these people like what what are you even talking about when you say like you, you be specific you know they, they they're never specific they never ever ever tell you you know who they say like, all these other human rights abusers who what human rights abuses no, he, Sorry, they do allude to it here but uh, I don't know he answered after a long pause I mean it is an interesting question Rooney too was caught in the same type of hypocrisies oh okay they're I, I was wrong. They, I, they're alluding to something else here. Soon after taking her oh-so-principled stand on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, it emerged that another of her novels was printed by a state-owned Chinese publishing house as well as a Russian one. Countries not particularly known for their sterling human rights records. What, what is what is Russia? Sorry, I'm just like but China. Okay, fine. You can talk. I mean, China is an imperial power. You know, at the very least, there is an ethnic dimension to their conflict with with the with hmm. the. Tur- ethnic Turks and the Tibetans and so on. Who is Russia imperialist about? Like, what? What are you even? What are they even talking about? Anyway, go on. 
Uh, here we go. Uh, why target Israel and not others? Rooney needs to be asked, just as Ben Cohen was. Perhaps it's because it's just easy, fashionable, even enlightened to do so, which author Tom Wolf once termed radical chic. Perhaps yeah, dude, it's also- super easy to criticize Israel. Nothing, there's no <laughs> consequence. Zero consequences to criticizing Israel, Borzoi. I when it, I I mean I walk out my door and I criticize Israel like five times just before I get to my car to people who don't even know me. Well, yeah, I mean just, it's just that easy. Like I just go up to them, it's like, hey, you know, did you, did you like I just say walk up to strangers and say to them, did you know that the state of Israel is an illegitimate state? Rise the Palestinians. Yeah, and the only and reason my you fist think and say hell yeah, brother. And the only reason you think it's okay for it to exist is because your unenlightened self thinks that the Holocaust happened. What an idiot. <laughs> but yeah, that... But also, perhaps it also has something to do with her hailing from Ireland, where to attack Israel, at least judging from a couple of news items this week, seems the acceptable thing to do. Oh, so we actually are able to examine where somebody's from and look at that as a indicative of some kind of intrinsic quality about them that might lead to views and perspectives they have. Interesting. Interesting... Yeah, ain't that something? Uh, Catherine Connolly, deputy chairperson of the lower house of Ireland's parliament, asked a parliamentary question of the country's foreign minister that dripped of anti-Semitic tropes. Connolly asked that the ministries indicating support for the Jewish character of the Israeli state agrees with the treatment by Israel of Palestine communities in its attempt to accomplish a Jewish supremacy. Her question and use of the term Jewish supremacy could have featured as an example in a report the investigative journal journalist David Collier recently published in Ireland's social media on anti-Semitism, how Irish politicians and activists promote anti-Semitism under the cloak of articulating legitimate criticism of Israel. The spread of anti-Semitism through the Irish mainstream is clearly worse than in <laughs> Legitimate almost- criticisms of Israel, like, they're too kind to the Palestinians, you know? Like, <laughs> actually, they give... They give- they, they, they're they're not exclusive enough to Jews, you know. Really, they need to like step up their game. That's the that's a legitimate criticism of Israel. Do you know what the funny thing is? Is like I've actually heard a Jew say that, but like I remember one time Halsey English said he's like, you know, if there's one thing, maybe the Israelis aren't they, they don't do enough to defend themselves. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, well, it's, it's like psychopath. It's, it's like it's like when you go to the job interview and they and they ask you what you know what would you say your your uh your 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 major flaws are it's like you know what like I'm just I'm just too determined like I'm just too perfectionist like I I'm just like I'm just so good at my job I sometimes lose sight of how good I am at it yeah Borsley I oftentimes am told that I'm so good at my job that people wish they never would have met me because they know they'll never be that good. <laughs> In your case, I believe that Larry the Ridgeway. The <laughs> my, my office job. <laughs> the spread of anti-Semitism throughout the Irish mainstream is clearly worse than in almost any other Western nation, he wrote. It requires a massive educational drive to even begin to unravel some of the damage. The report noted that in Ireland, anti-Jewish racism spreads within the corridors of power and unlike in the UK or the United States, appears to be as much driven from the top down as the reverse. That's a kind of a weird, like, 
I don't know. There's like a there's like something weird embedded in there. Like just like of this acknowledgement that they're able to influence the top so that it never comes from the top down. Some Irish politicians are obsessed about attacking Israel and Zionism, treating it in a manner different from the way they treat all other international issues. And that is something that seems to have filtered down. Need proof? Just look at Sally Rooney. Now, I'm not Irish, and even though I talk about, you know, my wife's Irish ancestry, I mean, like, these are people who are Americans, fundamentally. And I have, at most, like, kind of like, you know, an online friendship with Keith Woods. But I feel like that... You know, the Irish situation obviously is going to be a little bit complicated, but I wonder if maybe tweets like this are the reason why the Irish might be a little bit mad about the Israelis just a little bit. Uh, I don't know if you, did you guys see this tweet uh, yeah, from uh, Yishai, Yishai, uh, Yishai Fleischer, I think. Let me, uh, let me pull it yeah, up right just, here. Just, just say Yitzhak, you know what I'm saying? Well, Yishai is the is the Hebrew form of Jesse, actually. Oh, Yitzhak yeah. is the Hebrew form of Isaac. So yeah, Yitzhak, such a fucking obnoxious name. We just like to call all Jews Yitzhak's That's their name. <laughs> so uh, Yishai Fleischer, who is the international spokesman for hashtag Hebron, hashtag Israel, fist up Judean People's Front. Cardozo Law at New York Times op-ed Israel podcast, a bunch of uh, Israel lines uh, from their fucking language, Long Island of the West Bank with with a Spotify account. He tweeted, the island of Ireland is about four times larger than the all of Israel, yet with about two million people less. It's Empty. Irish politicians should stop their tirades and hypocrisy and instead help the Palestinian refugees by giving them a new homeland. You will thrive together. Why they gotta give up their? What, what do you mean? Why they Wait, need a he, new he homeland? Also, he also he also like in the notice a new homeland. Like he's like implicitly acknowledging that like well they had a homeland and you took it from them. Well, yeah, what happened? So to why the don't they one? just get the old? Like, if there's a new home, like, why do they need a, old, a new whole homeland? Why don't you give them the old homeland? Why don't you go to your old homeland, Jew? Oh, you you mean well, hell, like the deepest yes. pits? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> Larry. You and I are on the same page. That's right. You don't have an old home. <laughs> oh, they, they have one. one. Yeah. The deepest circle of hell is reserved for betrayers and Judaism. <laughs> This, but unironically. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, what we were talking about for a second. That... They're, they're yeah. so mad. They're so mad at the... At, at... So, I mean, like, I've I've talked about this before with um, other countries. Like, Sweden... of uh, Every European country is on the chopping block. And they have uniquely personal grudge reasons for each and every one. But at least in Western Europe, they have a particular hatred of Ireland and Sweden. And in Sweden's case, it's because of just, 
I mean, like it's actually a similar reason. Some of the similar reasons to Ireland is that Sweden's just been supportive of of uh, Palestinian causes, and to the point that in its early like, the uh, the Israelis assassinated Folke Bernadotte, who was a huge deal. Swedish, I mean, like he was a Swedish noble, and he was a diplomat who was basically advocating on behalf of the Arabs. And didn't like the raw deal that the Israel that the Jews. I keep saying Israel. I should say the Jews. The Jews were trying to impose, and so they assassinated him. Volker Bernadotte. I mean, there were the two. There were two high profile assassinations: Lord Moyne and Volker Bernadotte. And Bernadotte's uh, assassination was the most egregious, probably of the two. Um, and then you have their kind of history of. Basically opposing Israel at, at many different ways. Uh, I have no proof of this. My conspiracy theory is that, and I know there, you know, he's he was an uber libtard, but uh, the Prime Minister Olaf Palm, who was all, who was assassinated, and no, to this day, nobody knows who actually like who assassinated the Swedish Prime Minister. They thought uh, that it was uh, this so the guy, this Victor guy, right, and he ended up being killed too. Because he ended up going to America, I think I, I read about this the whole, somewhere. The whole thing is bizarre, and it's often blamed on the South Africans, who had an alliance with Israel at the time. But uh, yeah, to this day, no one really knows who assassinated uh, Olaf Palm. Palm so I, I don't want to like go too deep in the. Well, actually, let me. It just doesn't matter the reasons why. I I know a little bit about Ireland. I've actually spent some time in oh, Ireland. Okay, well, no, then, 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 let me just, then let me just wrap it up and I'll, and I'll, and I'll kick it to you then. Okay. Uh, and then, so for, uh, so Ireland, because of their relationship with the, you know, extremely Zionist Anglo empire and... The no, well, the, all right. Let me just, let me just, let me just, let me just wrap up. If you, if you disagree with me, you, you can, you can make your points. Uh, you know, the Irish have a complicated history, the very complex history, and it ended up putting them in alliance of a lot of anti-Zionist powers, like say, you know, Gaddafi, for instance. And so that kind of stuff, the Jews cannot find forgivable. And so, for that reason, Ireland is especially on their chopping block. Go ahead, DK. It, it goes way okay. So the I I was like confirming this, and I was like, yeah. So I, Ireland was actually neutral during World War Two. Yep. Yeah, uh, they were. And I think that's what this is. About. I mean, fundamentally, that's what this is about. Is same, thing, is same thing with Sweden as well. They were they were neutral as well. Well, Sweden was officially neutral. They were they were I think much more closely in de facto aligned um, with the Axis. Uh, Ireland. I mean, part of it was a kind of anti because you know obviously there's a, there's an Anglo Irish conflict, and to the extent that you know uh, you know Babby's first red pill certainly this Babby's first red pill was was thinking about World War II rather than some kind of grand moral conflict is really just an, just another phase of this Anglo-German uh, conflict for supremacy over the European continent um, that, uh, that, that Ireland is going to have obvious emotional and historical and even really economic reasons to want to uh, especially if you think about it in the terms of like the 1930s and 1940s, because I mean, you know, uh, they had just fought a very, very bloody war for some amount of independence um, that was only granted to them as of uh, the, as of 1921. Um, so you're talking less than 20 years between nominal Irish independence and the and the official, uh, you know, September 1939 outbreak of hostilities. 
Um, so, so yeah, and and Ireland didn't want Ireland definitely saw the Second World War, especially in its early phases, as just more British imperialism, and Irish people had absolutely no desire to fight for the glory of the British Empire, whatever the fuck the. You know, Wait, and, the, the, and then another thing to also add to this, it just occurred to me because like while you know during World War One, this would have been for like a lot of Irish nationalists, this probably would have been in their they, they would have felt this intimately you know you have people like lord balfour that's declaring like yes we're going to support right. a homeland for jews, for jews in the middle of world war <laughs> meanwhile one Ireland is, meanwhile yeah. like meanwhile the irish like their nationalists are being hung by the by the british during the easter it's, uprising exactly so so i i or shot I, think, I forget i forget how they were executed i think they were shot i think they were but it doesn't does yes they were executed by by the british authorities for you know daring to stand up for for irish nationalism so so yeah no i um i i think that's i mean and and nowadays i mean it's 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 somewhat you know unfortunately the the situation in ireland is is pretty you know they're they're pretty heavily infected with uh zog propaganda and um you know especially in the kind of urban centers it's, it's pretty much what you would expect from any, you know, they're, 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 it's just, it's really sad what's, what's happened. But I think there's enough of this. First of all, Jews just never let go of a grudge ever. Thousands of years later, they're still hanging on to all their grudges. So th- this grudge, and this grudge is not thousands of years old. This, this grudge is, is a couple decades old. And, um, and, and beyond that, you know, I, I think, you know, to their credit, the Irish people, like any, you know, People, but especially with the people with a moral conscience, they understand that the rogue state of Israel, the so-called Israel, the Zionist entity, is is a criminal enterprise, and 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 just you know, the perpetrator of horrific human rights abuses, and it out, it's an outrage to anyone with any kind of sense of conscious conscious uh, conscience what they do and how they behave and how they conduct themselves and how they oppress the the Palestinian people. And so, yeah, I mean, and it, it's just yet another case of liberal priors and liberal premises running up against the reality of what Israel does on a day-to-day basis, how, this, how the rogue state of Israel conducts itself. And, you know, okay, they're libtards or, they're, you know, there's enough of the kind of libtarded, um, you know, they're Anglophone broadly, uh, you know, they, they, okay, they have Gaelic, but pretty much everybody speaks English and it's still pretty much an English-speaking country. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, uh, <laughs> so, so on the one hand you have all this adherence to these kind of, um, broadly English language, you know, Anglophone norms about, uh, human rights and liberty and, and racial egalitarianism and all this kind of stuff. And on the other hand, you have what Israel does and <laughs> they're, you know, they're, uh, like anyone, like a lot of lib- a lot of liberals even are are quite. Um, they, they notice the contradictions and they they press on them. Um, unlike other kinds of liberals, or unlike other um, nominally uh, liberal democratic states in in on the European continent. Again, like I mean, Germany obviously would never get away with this. Ireland, um, for kind of you know, because now they're more or less entirely fully they're part of the EU. They're a pillar of the EU and 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 closely associated with the UK and all this kind of stuff. Um, people, we, I think, tend to think of Ireland, we in the United States, I mean, tend to think of Ireland as kind of just another European nation. But again, from a Jewish perspective, the Jews remember that 
Ireland did not want to fight against Nazi Germany. They had absolutely no interest in fighting against Nazi Germany. And, and that's, I think, a big part of what's going on in the background here. Just my two cents. I don't really have anything to add to that right there. Uh, do you have anything, Larry? I do not. Because I just want to open the juice. <laughs> I want to make soap from kites. <laughs> I, I I do love how much like Frank gets nervous at at awkward silences and tries to fill it up. Hey, that's a sign of a good producer. Uh, does he know? Does he have to go back and edit out all the uh, silence and stuff? No. I, in fact, actually, I'm going to ask him to add more silence to it. Dude, I hate editing. Fucking podcast so much. Oh my god. Well, you know you can truncate the silences with like a simple thing, right? Yeah, but then I I feel like sometimes um that also will cut out parts of people's words because they'll they'll trail off in their sentences or is 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 it is it mean if I if I say this that I've had to use that before on on dark enlightenment? No, I've had to do the same thing, dude. I think that I love, he he, I, I, he knows I love it him. though. You know, I think he knows this, but yeah, I've had to, I've had to do that truncate silence feature on shows he's been before. Now I'm pretty sure that like I've made jokes about it, like whenever he's come on the program, he I've been trying to get it, but yeah, you know, I've I, <laughs> I've had him on before, and yeah, the he'll be, but he does that I think because he he doesn't do a lot of the uhs and ums, he doesn't have a lot of those uh, you know, ticks. He just thinks about what he's going to say. It's, it reminds you of like a uh, like a cooler racist Elon Musk. Like, remember the interview he gave with Rogan, where he like pauses fucking fifteen seconds after he's asked a question. I didn't actually watch it and realize that he was known for that. Oh, dude, yeah, that was it. Was they actually sound a lot alike? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I've never, I haven't seen Elon, Dark Enlightenment. Elon, Elon, yeah, exactly. Elon Musk and Dark Enlightenment are the same piece, same person. If you know this, I mean, I haven't seen them in the same room together. So, till then, jury's out. You know, it, I did think it was weird when he posted a picture of himself in the chat, and he looked literally like Elon Musk. I thought that I did think that was kind of strange, but. Yeah, and he was sitting in that Tesla in front of that giant house. He's like, bro, I'm not Elon Musk. Remember, remember when he like he ha- he posted that picture of of uh, of him with Grimes and he just refused to explain it. Yeah, yeah. He's like, "This is my this is my woman." It's like, and you were like, "Yo, is that Grimes?" He's like, "Nah, nah." <laughs> Who's Grimes? What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, you call my wife? <laughs> you call my wife grimy? Like, it's um, a little bit offensive. No, that's not what he he would be like. What was it? Are are you calling my wife? Grimy? <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> I love Dark Enlightenment. He's such a great guy. He was. I was having some issues and he was reaching out to me, and I appreciate it. But he's like, he's like, like he he's got this amazing ability to call like when I can't take calls. And it's just like I see, I look at my phone and it's Dark Enlightenment calling me, and it's like I <laughs> I appreciate that, but this is this is now is not the time. <laughs> it's a conversation that could take place in, in 10 minutes but you know you're like I don't have an hour to do this <laughs> I'm just fucking 
Oh no. Alright. I'm smiling for like two hours. He's he's great. He is great on Telegram. Frank brings that up. Definitely go follow his uh, Telegram, which is I always put in the notes. But it's uh, I'm not gonna try to figure out what it is. But just go. It is the aphorisms of dark enlightenment. Yes, Uh, the actual like t dot me slash whatever. I don't. I can't think of what it is off the top of my head. Slash Um, space 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 dark space 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 enlightenment (laughs) space 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 (laughs) aphorisms. <laughs> I hope he, I hope he doesn't get mad at me. <laughs> he's got a good sense. He's got a good sense of humor. I think he'll be fine with it. Because like he 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 is he is right about everything. You just gotta you know you just gotta wait till it, it's like a train. Like, you'll get there eventually. Yeah, dark enlightenment <laughs> conversations. It's like it's like the uh, it's the journey, not the destination. He is he is the the like low time preference of conversations. It's like if you can just delay gratification, it's coming at the end for sure. One hundred percent, it'll be there. It's just you got to ride your bike to the top of the mountain up to Pike's Peak, but then it's all downhill from there, baby. It's like yeah, I mean, like his conversation is it, it is like a train. Like we're used to these fast transportation systems like cars like but no like trains you know they run on their own time you don't get to speed them up you just gotta ride you just gotta ride that train to the destination you'll get there it'll be a very enlightening destination but i mean you're not gonna go you're not gonna you're not gonna go at the speed you want to go your chat right now ellipses 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 (laughs) dark enlightenment here i'm pissed How did this even come up? This isn't even like remotely like close to a topic <laughs> at all. So we're talking about we're talking about awkward pauses and how to edit them out. Oh, and Elon Musk, and we we're like, oh yeah, it's the same. It's uh, it's the same guy. Did you did you have any other prep you wanted to do? Um, we haven't talked about China. I feel like we got to talk about China before we get out of here. Tell, yeah. tell me about. It. I don't know anything about China, dude. Well, the niggas just, got all the MSG. Stryker had a great point on Telegram, which I think is, um, it, 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 I mean, it should have been obvious to me, and, and it wasn't. And good for Stryker for, for you know, pointing it out that because um, remember when they were doing all this UFO shit over the summer about like there's these objects that are moving in ways that we just can't understand. It has to be aliens or something. We don't fucking know. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, fucking crazy that impression. I <laughs> <laughs> gotta be aliens. <laughs> turns out, turns out it's it's Chinese hypersonic missiles that are that are being launched and orbiting in very low orbit, like not even like I don't I think it I, I haven't seen all the details and I'm sure a lot of it is classified. Uh, I believe it's it's like low Earth orbit is a thing. I don't I believe it's even lower than that. It's like not even a proper Lagrange point. It's just like they're cruising. Anyway, um, oh, just, it, just it, stop. Just stop. Just stop talking for a second. I'm, I'm going to help Frank out here. Hypersonic. There you go. <laughs> add, go ahead and add that to the uh, to the uh, clip. That out. Add that to the uh, to the uh, board, and you're you're set, Frank. So so I mean, oh, the, I think the kind of TLDR industrial society, logical society, Kaczynski. 
hypersonic. So so the so when people say hypersonic, okay, so obviously sonic refers to sound. And we're talking about hypersonic means like a, I'm sorry. faster enough than the speed of sound. Sorry, what were you going to say, Larry? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but no you said sonic refers to the hedgehog. Everybody <laughs> knows this, DK. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yes. Um no, so so uh, so Sonic the Hedgehog moves really fast, and I guess he breaks the sound barrier, which is which is what when we're talking about hypersonic. We're talking something faster than the speed of sound, but not not even just like because super so supersonic literally just means faster than the speed of sound, uh, which is to say the the, the 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 compression waves will travel in a in a given medium. In this case, uh, atmospheric air on the planet Earth. Um, hypersonic means like some arbitrary. Amount faster than supersonic is actually to be really Indo-Aryan about it. Like super and hyper are actually the same Proto-Indo-European word. Um, the S and the H sound are the same in in ancient Aryan language, and the Y like the, is like the ancient Greek epsilon, which is like Y and U are pretty much the same sound. So super and hyper are in, in Indo-Aryan ancient language literally exactly the same word, which I always get a kick out of when I see people making distinctions between super and hyper. But um, in any case, as, as far as like... Epsilon, those are those dots you, you type out to get dark enlightenment speech patterns in text form. <laughs> those are ellipses. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling that you knew that and are lying to me right now because there's no way. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a joke. Okay. Post. We're, we're good. I picked um, up on it. Anyway, so point being, point being that that these missiles move really fucking fast, and we we actually don't have. I mean, we actually don't have any um, defense. There's no like so existing missile defense systems. Uh, there's there's uh, there's two major principles of missile defense. The, the earlier and more basic principle is ballistic. Defense, which is to say, like ballistic missiles, they launch, they travel in a well-defined trajectory. That you know we've been able to calculate these kind of trajectories since like Isaac Newton, and um, it's 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 a it's it's a it's a hard engineering problem, but a simple physics problem, if that makes sense. Um, and because it's a simple physics problem, you can kind of you know with with good enough engineering, which up to this point we have had, um, you can you can sort of it's a solvable problem uh these missiles what's 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 unique about them is number is number one they are um nuclear capable which means that the nuclear warheads are miniaturized to the point that they're useful and can be boosted um from from the surface and number two they are maneuverable um, which is to say that they these missiles are no longer traveling on a purely ballistic trajectory. Like you fire ballistic, in other words, the thing about ballistics in a gun. Like you fire a gun, and the bullet, you know, there's, it, it, the bullet moves in kind of well-defined ways by like the principles of physics, and you have to account for air resistance and the mass and the blah 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 blah. But basically, these are all like you know, you account for enough things with enough you know with enough calculation power, and it's pretty much uh, deterministic. With 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 these maneuverable missiles. Um, they are they are as I said maneuverable. Like they're not traveling in a straight ballistic trajectory. They are able to adjust their trajectory mid-flight. Um, what this means in practical terms, uh, I don't. Again, I don't want to like go too deep in the docs thing, but I had some interesting conversations with some interesting people in the not too distant past, and uh, I was alerted to the fact 
<laughs> that uh, a lot of missile defense these days um, is not predicated on bal- interception of ballistic trajectories, but of, uh, interception of um, targeting data. So the question is no longer like, – because the problem is once the missile if, – if you're moving five times the speed of sound and you're like moving around you know, left and right and up and down in three-dimensional space, like y- y- there's literally no way to figure out how to – uh, you know, intercept that missile. What you can do, um, but really the only way thing you can do at that point is to figure out like where the missile is going, and then you know, based on where it is now, you know where it is now, you know where it's going. You're like, okay, well, I can kind of figure out within certain you know tolerances uh, where it's going to have to go in between where it is now and where it's going later, and that's where you send your your um, missile defense uh, system. Right. So uh, the problem, the problem is um, we don't really even if we had perfect access to the to the Chinese targeting data on these kind of missiles, um, there's there's absolutely like no I mean, technologically at this point, it's a kind of I wouldn't say unsolvable, but an unsolved problem. There's there's just like if this missile wants to launch a nuke at uh, Los Angeles and San Francisco or, or, or Washington, D.C. or New York City, you know, I would be sitting there like, yes, go, please, please, please. Um, where was I? I don't remember what I was saying. Yes. Uh, no, but there's nothing that the United States government could do about it, um, which is great. But uh, also, you know, from the perspective of Zog, um, not a situation that they want to be in. And it really speaks, I think, to the um, – I, I don't know. I mean, Boris and I, we've, we've been going kind of back back and forth a little bit uh, in on post and in the chat. About, I mean, you, mentioned, you opened the show with saying, you know, increasingly optimistic man says things are going to get real based any, any day. Any day now, it's going to happen. Um, not to say that I think that, that China is going to be launching uh, nuclear missiles. Well, uh, to, be, to be clear with all that, I mean, like, I, I know you understand. Like, you and I have a, 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 the same understanding of the same facts. Yes. It's just yes. what it comes down to is just a fundamental difference in terms of what will come of it. Uh, you refer to inflection points. And I mean, I, and I've said this to people as well. Like, I appreciate that you have the the more optimistic perspective compared to what I have, because like that's what used to be make you know what made the show great was having different perspectives on different things. And so your view is that this is not sustainable. Something's going to give, and you're seeing more and more signs of that. Definitely, I'm seeing signs of a very noticeable decline, and there. When the elites are freaking out, that's always a good sign. So yeah, exactly right. But you can you can sort of judge how real things are by how nervous the Jews in charge are are getting. And, and they're, I, I would they're actually, I would, be, I would, I would actually quibble with that a little bit. Like with the Jews, like Jews just operate as Jews. Like they're like they're sure. never. Okay. I don't think All they're right. nervous about things except for like being noticed as Jews. It's like it, no, it's when they're. You know, it's when their janissaries, when their shabos goys are freaking out about something. That's actually a pretty good sign to me because it, they're questioning what th- these people are doing. And because, like, you know, like the way I view it, like Jews just operate as a kind of like lizard brain narcissist, like like a literally like a lizard brain race of narcissists. That's how I view them. So like the, sure. just pure sociopath. They don't view like so ner- their nervousness comes from being noticed at doing things. 
but they have to have people that operate the systems. Yeah, that's for a good point. I, I, I'm still I'm projecting like Indo-Aryan consciousness. Well, you're, you're, well, I mean, like, let's be honest, DK. Like, in a in a different timeline, you and I would have been people within the. Like, I'm not saying we would have been like powerful, but we would have been people within these systems helping to maintain oh, systems yeah, 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 yeah. for them because like and that's part of the reason why we like that's like from a revolutionary kind of like analysis like it's the d class a people like the people who like the either overproduced elites or or um outer elites or would or would it would, would oh, have been uh, like again, managerial the, types well, in my get, case i wouldn't even say expunged. it's either of those it's like no it's like i had access i deliberately eschewed it because i hate these people and i i yeah. made it my life's mission to bring it bring them down you know like i i could have taken the ticket i could have you know gotten you know I, I had plenty of opportunities uh and i i said fuck you so, yeah. so and I think I'm, that scares I'm, them even more. You yeah, know I'm, I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm over explaining this. Basically, like you know, we represent, yeah. like we're representative of a, of a D class A element within the United States, but and they have a, like a very strong contingent of these managerial uh, types, and th- when they're getting nervous about how things are looking for them, that's bad for them. Yes. And, yes. I, I, and to get to that point, like this is something that Eric was quoting on his Telegram here. I think it's from this art from this Financial Times article. Five people familiar with the test said that said the Chinese military launched a rocket that carried a hypersonic glide vehicle, which flew through low orbit space before touching down towards its target. The missile targeted the missile missed its target by about two dozen miles, according to uh, which is fucking nothing. By the way, if we're talking yeah. about nuclear warheads, like okay, you 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 explode a nuclear warhead like 20 miles off like quote unquote the target like it's still going down you yeah. know what i mean like it's just oh here we go. but anyway this, go is, on. This, this is the part i was looking for the test has raised new questions about why the u.s often underestimated china's military modernization we have no idea how they did this said a fourth person and this couples with a recent story which we didn't talk about on the show actually i don't think i've seen anybody like at least in the shows i listened to talk about it of the there was that that piece basically about well, well, you might know what I'm referring to, DK, of the person who basically quit and said like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, he went on like Tucker a, actually, which I was like, and it was a really weird interview. It was uh, uh, he kind of didn't say anything, but uh, but he also pushed back on this. But yeah, he said, well, the, the it was reported as he quit because quote the Chinese have already won. And yeah, it's this, kind of this is the story I'm thinking of. Yeah. And, and, and he you always say, you say like, no, I was being always, misquoted. I was like, okay. Yeah, and you have to be, you always have to be skeptical about the stuff about who these people are, and especially when they go, when when they're when they're on cable news, even if it's Tucker, they're allowed to be there. So exactly. you have to question why that is. So oh, like even when you see stuff like this, you should always be skeptical and questioning of it. But there is a pattern emerging of. A and this is, goes to my what I call the legitimacy crisis of the United States. It goes to this fundamental thing of like nobody takes this country seriously anymore. And as each day goes on, and more and more people see like what a facade it is, they're going. So, like, you know, we have yeah. weapons, but at what point? Like it, it, it gets to the point of like at what point does that bluff get called? Yeah, and and on this point, I mean, again, I I I hesit- I, I don't want to be clear for whatever. It might be worth that you know i'm not 
but it was going around kind of normie conservative, like the the thing of the 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 thing, the outrage du jour on normie conservative Twitter. About, I don't know, within the past you know thirty six ish hours, was uh, there was some. I guess she's a she's a some kind of general officer. Uh, like oh, a female. Is, this the Air Force, is this the Air Force person who's like second in command or something? I don't know actually which branch she serves in, but it, she's a general officer uh, who said something about her nails. She got did she get her nails did, and she's talking about like you know with females in the military and like how we still have to make it was just all a bunch of bullshit like oh, diversity here it is bullshit. Right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I found it. Um, female soldier criticizes U.S. Army grooming standards after being required to remove French manicure. Right, right, right. Because she got French, she got French manicure, and then she like, and and the grooming standards don't allow for it, or something. So she had to like get her nails. She got her nails did, and then she had to get her nails undid because the army's a bunch of meanies or something. And and so then this was like this big blow up, and it's been like, like and she's been out. She was out there defending herself. For that, that's funny with Nilly and the, uh, and, and and she was out there defending herself for for this whole blow up and and you know uh, uh, and and like there was it's like an ongoing thing about you know how unfair it is that the army uh, is forcing this female quote unquote soldier to um, to to adhere to like not having nail nail polish. Uh, Meanwhile, the Ch- the Chinese are 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 you know like oh yeah actually we have missile technology that that completely BTFOs any kind of um, defense system that you you are currently capable of. not even not even anything that's like currently deployed but but currently on the horizon as far as like a a future development it's just, we don't even have that capacity so. To to give you a sense, and 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 you know, of course, meanwhile, the you know the, the the focus of the American armed forces are shifting more and more towards suppression of internal dissent and and suppression of the domestic white population. Sorry, Larry, were you were you, were you was that you or were you going to say something? No, I was muted. Okay, never mind. Just to draw the well, just just quickly, just quickly, then though, shout out to Josiah Lippincott who is waging a one man war. Against the military on Twitter and winning. Yeah. So once yeah, yeah, again, yeah. once ag- once again, the military, despite having the largest force, the most people, the best technology, supposedly the most intelligence, getting BTFO'd by just a small group of shit posters who are extremely motivated. There is no substitute for esprit de corps, and actual military officers know this have always known this and people still in the military you know like uh, people often talk about you know 06 and above or the one the political class of officers and and they they tend to not know this or or have sort of lost sight of it or maybe never knew it but everybody understands you know there's like uh, he was the, Josiah Lipcott was the guy with the um the great thread about the the Taliban right and and how the Taliban was basically unbreakable no 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 that oh, guy okay, was, was a different uh, guy. that was guy who actually served over there Josiah Lippincott is a he's um he's with uh like one of these you know like quasi populist things he's a hills he's a hillsdale phd guys i mean like he's within the conservative milieu but he like to his credit because he's like a former military guy himself uh he has been like he's just been dragging military twitter constantly and they're losing badly to him yeah i've seen i've seen the, the the dunking that he's done and it's been great um 
I just lost. Like, there's so much dunking on the mil- American military these days. You kind of you kind of lose track. Uh, but, oh yeah. So but, like so for example, like he he quote tweeted uh, this. Uh, this is actually the, relevant to the story. This uh, the the man, French manicure woman is a uh, uh, Major General Joe Clyburn, and she did this tweet. Uh, I'm a woman in the army. Get over it. I worry and take daily action on a lot of things, including prioritizing our soldiers and airmen. I have a professional military career, civilian career. I balance with military obligations and a lot of God and country time, like 700,000 other reserve component troops. And Josiah uh, chimed in with the uh, was oh my whole thing reset. But he he was quote tweeting. Oh, here is right here. Uh, just um, oh, he's retweeting a bunch of stuff. Oh, it's uh. Oh, down here we go. I'm a, I'm a woman. I'm a woman. Oh, that's right. She said she didn't say I'm a woman. She said I'm a woman. I'm a woman. Yes, I know. You are also an affirmative action hire who would get shredded to pieces if you had to assault an actual enemy objective. Many such cases. <laughs> Truth. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, and it's again, it's not even like I mean, I, I don't think it was need. Maybe this doesn't need to be said. Maybe it does. Uh, you know, fuck the troops. <laughs> it's not, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's not, well, this is like here, here's how. Like, I want to, I want to actually, like, I want to focus on that for a second here. Like, imagine for our thing, how unbelievable it would be for us to say that four years ago, because like we were right, trying to right. do this very nuanced position. Like, we don't want to scare off the timid normies. And all of that, and like we, we like we were deeply like we were deeply afraid. Like, well, what's Big Normie gonna think and all that? And like, no, we're past that point, and we've realized not only does like Big Normie not exist, it doesn't matter. Like, fuck the troops. Uh, the anti-American right is rising. You cannot stop it. We we fucking hate you. We hate your we hate your government. We hate your military. You do not represent us. We do not support you. Period. And more and more people are agreeing with us. I I was not that long ago in in a in a rural exurban enclave of a very deep red state and talking with some some people that I would have expected to have kind of boomer con tier politics who were like not only ex- you know probably as you said 4 or 5 years ago would have been very very deferential to the military and all this kind of and, and to the into America and, and, and sort of reflexively patriotic to the American polity. Uh, at, at this point, not only were they actively opposed to the American polity, um, they were receptive. You know, when I was saying like, well, you know, um, you know, the government's coming for our guns. They're coming for long guns because they fear white men with long guns. They don't fear you know, urban blacks with handguns who mostly just murder each other. Um, it it was it was like yes, yes, yes. You know, and 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 um, you know, these were like evangelical types who, who in another context, um, you know, there's a lot of these kind of the people I know in their social circles of like adopted black kids and this kind of evangelical thing. But but there's a racial consciousness awakening among these people, and 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 not only just a racial consciousness, but a but a, but a, an, an opposition. And an understanding that the American political system is, uh, you know, fundamentally opposed to their existence, exists to destroy them. That 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 you know these are these are obviously Trump voting types, um, 
and and uh, and and people who believed in 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 the American project or what they understood it to be, who who are, who are as you say now, and they're not. I don't even know. I wouldn't exactly necessarily say that they're like our guys per se at all. Um, I mean, again, these are kind of ex boomercon types who who have now soured on on the American military, the American polity to the point where they're receptive to explicitly racialist messaging. Uh, I, I just said, I mean, that has to make, okay, you, maybe the, the, you know, they're not, maybe, I don't know. I didn't talk. I, I didn't quite get to the point of, of bringing up um, the, the Jewish problem, but I mean, it has to make them nervous, right? Cause like, that's obviously kind of like the next step, right? Oh, the anti-American right stuff is freaking them out. Like they're not, and in fact, actually they did the one, Vox article in the summer during the Olympics thing, and they have not mentioned it since. Um, they've made like some kind of like made some tepid kind of points about it with the whole Taliban stuff, but like you notice that they're deliberately not talking about it because that like when they're deliberately not talking about something that's gaining steam, that's when you know it's really right. freaking them out. Right. Yeah. And and you see it on Twitter. I mean, you see it even among like kind of essentially normicon types. Is is you see. You see praise for the Taliban. You see praise for you know like oh yeah Taliban. I mean our guys were saying Taliban based for throwing gays off rooftops you know three four years ago. Now it's like you know uh, uh, Jack Posobiec uh, followers who are praising the Taliban. Um, Everybody for, loves a winner, <laughs> you know. So it's it's and 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 next week is going to be Rod Dreher readers right uh, is is the natural progression there. So uh, well maybe not that maybe they they may actually be beyond hope, but <laughs> but. Primitive rooting for winners. Oh, show title. Show that title. might be the show. That might be the show title right there. <laughs> anyway, I know it's it's late, and we all we all gotta we all gotta roll. But um, yeah, um, good stuff. Good stuff. All right, let's let's wrap it up here. Let's jump on to our plugs. Uh, Larry Ridgeway, what do you have? Uh yeah, I'm gonna be editing the most recent episode of Hate House tomorrow. Was, and... was Dark Enlightenment on it? No, no, it was. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, soon, soon he'll be on it. Um, yeah. the schedule. We, 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 we got we got to get that guy back on. It's gonna be hard. It's hard to match up the time with him. But uh, yeah, aside from that, I guess just fucking. We're over on Odyssey now. We left Trovo a couple weeks ago. So it's just like odyssey.com at Larry Ridgeway, and that's it. Uh, DK? Uh, we, I, I'm, I'm speaking of podcast editing, I'm a little behind, but we got our next episode of Culture Terrors coming out. It was supposed to come out today or yesterday. It'll be out tomorrow. On um, We discussed Bob Dylan. And then uh, we got a couple more in the pipeline, including uh, one on on mario which we had an extended extended discussion I, we brought something up that we were talking about in in i think it was it was graph chat about metal gear solid and so and then like what oh, is video if, games you, if, you, if you're art. going to i mean if you're doing okay like if you already recorded that we recorded on mario we haven't recorded on metal gear and and we, we've got to work out the logistics of that and we will definitely i want well, to i mean yeah, we don't have. You don't need me to have on for like the full episode, but like, uh, just do like you could do always do like an ex, like because uh, I know you're gonna have a lot of people who want to talk to you about that. Just bring me on for like 10, 15 minutes to do like a segment. Or no, 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 we should. Just, I want to have you on for stuff. the whole thing. Well, the qu- okay, you wanna, sure. Yeah, sounds yeah. like you want to be on for two. So the, the plan, and I'll discuss this elsewhere. But the plan is to do one episode on one, one episode on two, and at le- and and one episode, at least one episode on 
three, four, five, maybe more than one, depending. Yeah, but it's definitely split it up that way. If I have to pick, I want to. You already figured you'd have the most to say, and and yeah, but we had an extended discussion about like this is this topic we were discussing about like you know what. What does it mean to say that video games are art? And I go and I talk about Aristotle and Kant, and I go extremely nerd fag on it. So I'm I'm sure that'll be but that'll be a little bit later in the pipeline. But we we have it in the in the uh, in the bag, I guess. I just need to middle, middle Middle Gear Solid Two: Sons of Hyper Reality. <laughs> yes, uh, and and of course there's I mean of course the myth of the 20th century. You were on that episode um, when we discussed Metal Gear and. and that's another touchstone for it as well. So. Yeah, and actually, the funny thing is that we didn't actually talk about the because like the, a lot of those guys hadn't played it, so they were kind of right. talking about the more broader context of it. So we actually didn't talk about the games too much. And you could, you could, if you listen to the episode very carefully, you can hear me like chanting at the bit, just spurg out about the games. Well, we're gonna it, do. I, I need to replay them first, and and which I which I will certainly do. But but in the meantime, yeah, I just wanted to like sort of do a heads up, and we'll we'll figure it out. We also need to do obviously Final Fantasy VI, and, and continue our JRPG series. But but yeah. The Next, God, but next wait, wait till people hear our wait, wait till people hear our Kefka takes. That was that was oh, one of the best conversations we had. Speaking of nuclear, yeah. So anyway, uh, that's enough. But yeah, that's uh, those right. Are so I'm working. So I do actually have plugs. I'm working on trying to schedule a river runs through it pause button right now. But uh, hyper podcastism is coming back. I was talking because somebody left a comment uh, about the last. Uh, People Square, which is back, by the way, where we didn't, where Striker and I didn't really talk about Wang Huning's uh, uh, America Against America all that much, and they're, and they're correct. We didn't actually talk about it all that much, and I thought, like, well, why don't we just do a hyper podcast? As well? And I was like, well, I also know that's not going to happen if I just say that. And I thought, like, well, what if we did it as, like, a weekly episode, 60 to 90 minutes, and we just go section by section, basically, in the book. So we're going to do... Uh, we're going to record it Monday evening. Uh, we're going to do the first part, which is the first. There's eleven. There's like eleven chapters of uh, the of one Wang Huning's uh, America Against America. We're going to do section one through three. Uh, so we'll record that Monday. So it'll be out by by Tuesday for people. And we're going to try to do that weekly. Uh, so that's what you have to look forward to. And I'm I'm actually I'm very serious about this. Uh, I'm when I can when I approach stuff like this I can. And then when I put an actual timetable on it, it actually I do actually like if I, if I vaguely promise it ain't coming out. If I give you an actual timetable on it, it will come out. So, um, but with that, go ahead and play the music, Frank. Uh, that's it for this week. You there, Frank? Frank? Frank sleeps. Hey. Okay, <laughs> that's it for play the music. That's it for this week. Michael Enoch Pinovich and Jesse Simpson have both been hanged. Crime of blackmailing, <laughs> patriots in control, expect more unse- unsealed di- indictments. Mr. Producer, hail victory, see a cow. Hail oh, I, even, I couldn't, he- I couldn't hear the music at all. That's why. Thank you.
Fucking nigger, fucking nigger, 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 nigger.